Hello, and welcome to the Moncast. A podcast where we usually watch Pokemon and Digimon, but this time we're just watching Pokemon. This is the first of our series of movie-focused specials, and today we are watching Pikachu's Vacation and Pokemon, the first movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back. So yeah, we haven't done a movie special before, so we're going to try some things. Hopefully they work. First of all, we've got questions just to see where everybody, like, just so people can know where we stand with this movie, because I don't know about Stevie, but I have watched this movie about a thousand times. That's that's a hyperbole. It's hyperbole. I know, but I call it a hyperbole. Honestly, you couldn't make a bigger mistake. I could. No, Sam, that was hyperbole. Stop this. My brain hurts. Yeah, we've just got a couple of questions that we're going to ask each other about the movie first one is how old are you when this movie came out and it came out in 1999 on november 10th which would make me three years and a day old oh wow i was i was nine tiny little nine-year-old sam going to watch the film at a cinema i was three (laughs) that kind of defeats the point of the second question which was did you watch this at the cinema i'm guessing you didn't no i didn't i would have even been in school yet so I don't think I would have known about Pokemon. I remember there was a promotion when you went to watch it at the cinema and you got a free Pokemon card, which was the best thing for tiny youths who enjoyed Pokemon cards. But I went to see it about three times, mostly because of the Pokemon cards. And off the top of my head, from the ones I can remember, you could get Pikachu, Mewtwo, Electabuzz and Dragonite. I think there was a Magmar in there somewhere, but I don't know but i really wanted dragonite but it was one of those ones where it's like almost like a blind bag where you get like a little packet and then it's got the pokemon card facing backwards so you can see the back of the card and then on the other side it's got like a little sticker for something i don't know this is from like me trying to remember almost about 18 years ago we got basically cards that given to us that were random and i really like dragonite the Dragonite one was really cute because it's, it's flying, it's got its little satchel, and it's a really cute design. But I think I had... And now I've got the Pikachu, which was fun, because Pikachu. And then I got two Electabuzz, and I was disappointed because, like, why Electabuzz? Because, spoiler alert, Electabuzz is not in this movie at all. But they were like, we need cards to give away at this movie. Actually, I think there was a Mew card. I kind of think I remember there being a Mew card. And if there wasn't, there should have been. But I don't know why, but there was just Electabuzz, which is one of the ones you can get. And I got two of them, and I was super upset. And then my brother got Dragonite. It's the cutest one. It's like really pudgy and and simple. It was cute. Yeah, okay. How many times would you say you've watched this, not including the watch for this podcast? Maybe twice. Maybe twice. It might have just been once, but I can't remember. So would you say you've got nostalgia for this or not? No. I've watched it, like I said earlier. I think realistically I've watched it, I want to say about 20 times a lot. When it first came out, I watched it three times at the cinema and then we bought it on video. This is back with like VHS and the VHS itself was yellow. And that was one of the coolest things because I didn't see that before, before the only VHSs I'd seen were the the, the grey black ones that we had. The normal cheap ones. But it was yellow and I was like, oh my God, look at it, it's so cool. It's yellow. <laughs> I've actually got on my shelf in my living room, I've got a VHS of the Pokemon first movie because it was in a charity shop for like 50 pence, which I thought was a travesty, but it's the best. That's sweet. You can't play it. I haven't got a VHS player, but I can still like hold it. And remember how like VHSs are the size of books, basically, like your average book. 
super weird. I still have some VHSs in my closet at home. I've got, at my parents' house, in our attic, we have boxes and boxes of old things that we used to record on TV. Because we used to just record stuff. Because we had five people living in a house with one TV. I wasn't super into TV. I didn't really have, I didn't have a TV in my bedroom until I was like 15 or something like that. But I wasn't super into TV, except when we got a Nintendo 64, and then I loved the TV that much. It was great. But we used to have, because we couldn't always watch things we wanted to at the right time, we would record stuff, so we'd all have our own like VHSs full of just basically so in my attic somewhere i've got like old episodes of cartoons and stuff i think that's it for questions have you got any questions you want to ask before we talk about the movie actually yeah in respect because i asked you about nostalgia i have got 100 percent nostalgia for this movie so you will have the blinders on the entire time i will be trying to make this movie sound better than it is and you'll be looking at this movie going this is awful why this i'm assuming that's your response because it's a movie with ash in it so every movie will have ash in it so you have nostalgia blinders where you block out all of the bad and only see the good. I have nostalgia for maybe the first three movies, maybe two movies. But then after that, nothing. After that, we both get to watch it go downhill and become sad. Yeah, there's a lot of nostalgia for this movie. So Cool. Uh, any questions? Sorry. I butted in with nostalgia. Nope. Cool. Let's get on with the show. The first thing we're watching is Pikachu's Vacation. Ash and co. decide that they don't want to be part of this special episode. So they leave all of the Pokemon at a daycare where they get up to many shenanigans and cause a lot of mischief. Yeah, there's not much you can say about this. There's a thing ever since the first Pokemon movie, whilst the Digimon movie got the Angela Anaconda beginning, Pokemon ended up with Pikachu specials. It's basically the length of an episode. They focus purely on Pikachu and any other Pokemon that Ash and Co. tend to have. It's mainly Pikachu is the one. So this one's Pikachu's Vacation. There's also Pikachu's Rescue's one of them. I think that's the second one. Then there's also Pikachu Gets Married and Has Kids. And Pikachu goes to the dentist. There's Pikachu and Pichu. Pikachu's Winter Vacation. And in case you're wondering, do you know how this one had its own song? Do they all have songs? I think they all do. I know at least one other one. I, th- I know the next one has its own song as well. Yay! So you could essentially make an entire album of these weird songs. <laughs> Vacations where I wanna die. I quite enjoyed it. It's nice. It's this girl band that probably have done like two songs and then faded out of existence i'm gonna find out their name as well give them credit and they'll just explode into popularity again because of this special episode the band is called vitamin c because they're good for you and definitely healthy the music won't drive you insane this is the most 90s person you've ever seen in your life colleen ann fitzpatrick born july 20th 1972 better known by her stage name vitamin c is an american pop music singer songwriter recorder producer dancer actress her singles include graduation uh, as long as you're loving me the itch formerly singer of alternative rock band eve's plum as an actress she has appeared in the 1988 film hairspray dracula 2000 the hip-hop witch scary movie 2 and get over it she was a video and character in the game ea sports triple play has her own Tommy Hilfiger lipstick colour, developed after her signature yellow and orange hair. On March 21st, 2012, Vitamin C was appointed as Vice President of Music at Nickelodeon. Ooh, she did go places. I take it back, I apologise, Vitamin C. Well, she's only Vice President. Yeah, but 
I honestly thought it was going to be some band that was like small apart from the place where they were making the movie. And they were like, oh, come sing a song. But no, she's actually gone quite far in her life. I'm kind of impressed. So kudos. Although her Wikipedia page isn't that long. It's not, but you know, she's done a lot. If you measure people by the length of the Wikipedia pages, then you're probably shallow. She's made a cameo in Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which for me is a sign that she's made it because Sabrina the Teenage Witch was one of my favourite shows as a kid. She's earned my respect, at least until I hear the song again and then it will immediately dissipate out of existence. Okay, so the song wasn't written for Pikachu's Vacation. It's a nice song, I like it, but it's very much like a 90s song. I wouldn't listen to it again if I had the choice. I'd probably put it on a, like, a cheesy pop album. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> I know, I love it. I kind of love it. I kind of like it. It belongs on Now That's What I Call Music too. All of this discussion about vitamin C. People need to know that there was a person who I, in my naivete, said was just some D-list band from the local area wherever they were making this movie and they played a single song for them and then faded out of his ex- existence. But it turns out that no, Colleen and Fitzpatrick survived and did a lot of stuff in her life and is now vice president of Nickelodeon music or something. So I was shocked and I'm happy for this. Let's talk about the episode itself. (laughs) Let's get back on course as we have taken a little vacation from talking about this movie. So it starts off with segments of Ash's anatomy, mostly his feet. And it's, it's all focused on Pikachu mainly, but there's just bits of Ash and you can hear him talking, but only like slight amounts. And he usually just says things like, bug off, Pikachu. That's such a British phrase. All the Pokemon get released. Ash, Brock and Misty, they're all there. They release all of their Pokemon and they are leaving them at a daycare, which is weird because it's like a giant theme park, essentially. It's a giant theme park that is called Pokemon. There's like a mountain with just the word Pokemon on the top of it. It's just an unnamed generic daycare in the middle of some weird place. Come visit Pokemon. (laughs) Come visit Mount Pokemon. You can leave any Pokemon you want. So there might be like 30 Pikachus there. How does Ash know that he's got his back? We don't know this. Also, there doesn't seem to be any fences or walling off system. There just seems to be an open space where Pokemon are. If your Pokemon does want to escape it's recommended that you don't leave them here. What happens if you've got a flying type? You just release them all here and then they're gone. They just fly off. Go, relax, and then then they're gone forever. No, Pidgeotto, you're supposed to stay within the walls. So all the Pokemon set off and they're just like marching along in time with this vacation song. Did you think it was weird when you're watching them walk side on and the path itself is super wobbly, like it goes up and down a lot? Yeah, it was weird. I mean, I get why, like stylistically, it's kind of cute, but the water itself... How is that water flowing? That's a very good question. Goldeen and Staryu and stuff all in the water. But the water itself is going over these humps and that's not how physics works, Pokemon. You won't have a stream flowing over lumps of land. It's a magical stream. The stream heads towards the vacation. All the Pokemon are chilling out, except Togepi. And Togepi is hungry because Misty decided to abandon her Pokemon whilst they're hungry. I don't know about you, but if I had a little team of animals that I was dropping off just to chillax for a day, I would have said, has everybody got all the snacks they need? Everyone got a little bit of trail mix? Everyone got a little juice box? Are you all happy? Can I leave you here for the day and go and just not think about you guys for just one day? But no, what they've decided to do is just leave their Pokemon there. Are they hungry? Don't care. There might be food, there might not. Are there carers? We haven't seen any carers. We've seen no other human being. Preparation is not Ash and Co's forte. It would have taken too much time from the plot for them to be like, has everybody eaten food? So no, Togepi's hungry and it starts crying. And then Pikachu tries to cheer it up with faces that it's pulling. 
They are the funniest faces. Do you have a favourite face? Probably the one where it just really stretches it out. My favourite one, it's not really a face, but it's just Wobble Chew. Where Pikachu just like wobbles just a lot. It's great. It's kind of cute. It's kind of funny. Just silly faces to entertain the baby. Then there's no speaking in this, by the way. There is Dexter, the Pokedex. They get a bit of speech, but that's only because they need someone to talk. Because if they didn't, they wouldn't know what was going on. But Bulbasaur sees an apple in a tree and it's like, oh, I can get this apple from a tree because this facility clearly does not feed the Pokemon whilst they're here. So it uses Razor Leaf. I don't know why it didn't use Vine Whip. I mean, I don't want to be picky, but just use Vine Whip to grab it. Instead, it uses Razor Leaf and it cuts the apple and it falls down and it lands right next to Psyduck. Psyduck, bless them, they're so cute, but they're so dim-witted. <laughs> Everyone's just looking and like, no. Don't do it inside. It's just like, there's an apple here. And just eats it and walks away, super happy. So that's okay. So a good thing happens. Psyduck's now happy. But Togepi's still upset. Bulbasaur ends up picking it up and rocking it in its vines. And the Pokedex decides to say that this is uh, a rare occurrence of watching Bulbasaur do its Bulbabai, which isn't a thing, Pokemon. It's not a real thing. Stop making it a real thing. Unless we get to season three and then Ash is trying to sleep and Bulbasaur picks him up and starts rocking him to sleep and this is just the Bulbabai again. I can't wait for the arc of Pokemon where Ash just has insomnia. I liked the song though. Bulbasaur, Bulbasaur. Was that it? No, that's me trying to sing the Jigglypuff song while saying Bulbasaur. Uh, I can't remember what it was. It was just Bulbasaur saying Bulbasaur. It says Bulbasaur to a melody. And then the Gen 2 Pokemon come over the hill. Suddenly, sneak previews of Gen 2. Well, first of all, the best Pokemon in the world is there, which is Cubone. It seems to be this gang from another person, which is Cubone, Raichu, Snubble, and Meryl. They're walking along, just enjoying themselves, being a bit loud because they're just four Pokemon that are having a good time. They're out on the lash. <laughs> they're out, like, on a stag night. Raichu and Meryl just got married. So Pikachu asks them to be quiet, I'm assuming, because once again, there was no words in this. Like, they're only saying their own names. Pikachu just goes up and says, Pikachu! Pika Pikachu! And then the gang immediately seem hostile or want to fight for some reason. So basically they're loud and Pikachu's like, hey, could you folks just be a little bit quiet because we've got a tiny baby Pokemon, even though baby Pokemon aren't a concept yet, but this one's trying to sleep. And they're like, uh, I'll fight you now. So they get super involved in this, standing up against each other, and Togepi just wanders off. Because even though it was asleep and then it woke up and it's upset, it decides that it's just happy now and wants to go and cause plot to happen. Well, plot in air quotes. (laughs) Basically no plot in this. It's just events. It's a series of unfortunate events. Yes, it is. So Pikachu chases Togepi, and they end up on a log for some whimsy to happen. It's basically like an entire tree log across this a small canyon but it just conveniently has this log placed across it because the carers who built this place didn't have enough money to build a bridge for the pokemon to go across because if a pokemon bigger than say a ivysaur wanted to cross they couldn't cross because they can't instead they've got a single log to go across so pikachu's running after togepi and pikachu walks on this log and apparently the the weight of a togepi and a pikachu is enough to make a log an entire log it's got to be like what five meters long they're heavier than this log which causes it to roll over a stone keeping it in place it's not dug in the ground it's basically on the floor with stones on either side of the log to keep it in place 
but it's enough to roll the log over these stones and away the log goes. Physics. Pikachu's freaking out even though Pikachu is faster than a Togepi. Togepi's just walking on it, like running backwards just to stay in place and is happy. Pikachu is freaking out because of a log. I can't remember what happened to the log. Neither can I. Did it just fly off the end of something or I don't know? Did it land in water? I'm not sure. I think it cuts to Squirtle having an argument. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, my next note is Squirtle and Snubble are squaring up against each other. So I don't really know what happened to Pikachu and Togepi. But I think this is at the same time, or this is, like, slightly after. But Squirtle and Snubble are standing up against each other and sort of making themselves bigger and puffing each other up for some reason. Squirtle loses because it has to lose, even though Squirtle's bigger than than Snubble. And then it's Bulbasaur's turn, and Bulbasaur starts spinning its eyes around in a circle, and Snubble is following it and then Stumble gets dizzy and falls over. This is an entire scene by the way. Oh what hilarious antics. I was being sarcastic. <laughs> we haven't mentioned at any point so far but there are when it cuts from different scenes because there are basically these random scenelets they're all chained together with what how would you describe these TV? The weirdest transitions I've ever seen in anything ever. I've never taken LSD before but I imagine this is what it's like but they're like these weird pastel backgrounds of blotchy colour and Pokemon walk along the screen like the first one's like is it Bellsprout like comes up from the bottom of the screen and it keeps saying Bellsprout and it echoes a lot. It's worse than that it like splits from the middle <laughs> like it's mirrored. The Bellsprout comes in from the middle. Yeah just like Bellsprout emerges out of the middle of the screen. Bellsprout! 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 It's all really weird. And there's ones which are like Jigglypuff all rolling across the screen, Execute ones, an Executor. Is it Executor in there as well? Yeah, it's Executor, Oddish, Executor, Oddish, Executor, Oddish, Executor, Oddish. There's a Magnemite one, which is like, keeps going, Mag, Nah, Might. But like, every time it says a syllable of its name so it'll be like mag it cuts like it goes to black nah it comes like the screen comes back on there's more magnemite and it's every time it says it there's more and more magnemite they are really kind of scary because they they're nonsensical they come from nowhere and they are just awful and then it does it all really quickly like it's a jump scare almost and like they just come towards the screen yeah it's they're actually kind of like scary things they're like the weeping angels yes it's like there's a scene then there's this weird insert of nightmare pokemon then there's another scene, then there's an insert of Nightmare Pokemon, then there's another scene. And that's basically how this entire special episode goes. Sometimes it feels like there's one scene with millions of transitions in the middle of them. I think that's what happened like when the log started to roll and everybody sort of got, like Pikachu and, and Togepi got dragged away with this, this log. It cuts to a transition. Then there's just Squirtle and Snubble making themselves bigger than bubbles or hypnotizers. That's about 20 seconds scene. Then there's another transition, which I think is far-fetched, which is far-fetched just running, being like, far-fetched, 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 far-fetched. And then it cuts to the next thing, which is Meryl and Squirtle are racing in water. There's a pool somewhere, apparently, and they're both waiting at one end of this giant pool, and they dive into some water. An electrode explodes and uses explosion, basically hurts itself just to signal the start of this match. It should have vanished out of existence according to last episodes. 
according to the far-fetched episode they have some vault orb which when they explode they turn into a puff of gas and then disappear according to that logic this electrode should just disappear also we haven't seen another human at all there haven't been there hasn't been a single other human in this entire episode the show is called pokemon so maril and squirtle are racing in water and there's a song called catch me if you can it's cheesy it's so cheesy (laughs) i'm gonna find out who this wonderful singer is Oh yeah, it's this cheesy, cheesy song. It's kind of upbeat, though. It's the right level of cheesy, though. It's a nice little song. It's very 90s again, but that's there for that little bit. They have to pay for the rights for that song. Which song do you prefer, Vacation, or do you prefer Catch Me If You Can? Definitely Catch Me If You Can. It's quite nice. It's good. Come on and catch me. Catch me if you can legal amounts of this song into the episode so people can hear it because they they are kind of worth hearing i'm just trying to find the bit where it says yeah yeah i'm certain there's a bit where it just says like yeah because in my notes it just says water gun says yeah i found there's just a bit where water guns in time with the music saying yeah so squirtle and maril have a race and squirtle gets mixed up at some point by goldine i feel like it's gonna be misty's goldine because why would it be any other goldine and Misty's Goldine, for some reason, hates Squirtle. Just sabotages its own friend. Squirtle is winning, and then Goldine swims underneath Squirtle, or lifts Squirtle up and swims the other direction, which is, like, super mean. And in all of this commotion, Squirtle gets confused about which way he's swimming, and manages just to swim back to the starting line, at which point he's very ashamed as he's let the side down. But did you like what they do when they lose, and they sort of sink into the water and blow bubbles with their mouth? They commit suicide. They don't. They can breathe underwater. Squirtle just sort of like sinks into the water, puts its mouth under the water and just breathes out and blows bubbles like an angry crab. Turtles can't breathe underwater. A squirtle can. You don't know this. I do. It's how life works. It needs to be able to respirate. We then get another nightmare transition to the next thing. They're all so weird. (laughs) Yeah, they make no sense and they're there and they cost animation budget went on these things. They just pad out the episode the tiniest bit. That's the thing. They're like, they're going to be a good like 20, 30 seconds long of just nothing. And if you add, there's going to be like five of them maybe. So that's like a good, it's almost two minutes maybe. These psychedelic transitions. (laughs) That's like 10% of this episode. It's a Pokemon sliding in onto a psychedelic screen saying its name. The only good one is the Jigglypuff one because there is one Jigglypuff who's got a really happy face. Keep calling it an episode instead of a shot. I do, yeah, because I don't know. It's the same length as an episode. So at this point, I think it's when Pikachu and Raichu start clashing. Both gangs are squaring up, apart from Pikachu. Pikachu doesn't want to. Pikachu's looking after Togepi. And Raichu lets off a few sparks and one of them hits Togepi. And that's when Pikachu jumps in because Pikachu is now And he challenges Raichu and they stick their cheeks together. Because for some reason... If you get two electric Pokemon and they start conducting a current together, they end up running really fast. Run, Pikachu, run! So they start off at like kind of like an okay speed, and then they just slowly but surely get faster and faster and faster until they become essentially this bullet train speed. And they're running around the daycare, causing so much property damage. They're hitting so many Pokemon. It turns out that Team Rocket's Pokemon are there. Arbok, Weezing, and Meowth are all there trying to chill out, which is lovely, but apparently they're not allowed to have any chill whatsoever. So they get knocked into the air. It's all very broken up. There's like three transitions during this run. There's a Hitmonlee and a Hitmonchan. They're both doing their punching and kicky things that they do. Uh, And then Pikachu and Raichu turn up and just knock them into the air for no reason other than look at these Pokemon here. It's all really boring. 
they run over Charizard's tail and Charizard gets angry and chases them. Charizard then flies ahead and cuts them off and knocks them off a cliff, potentially killing them, but fortunately they land on a Snorlax. So Snorlax rolls onto them and Charizard sort of stumbles and gets its head stuck in a pipe. Does he try to headbutt Pikachu and Raichu or something? I remember him just charging at this hole. Yeah, he sort of rolls over and then his head just gets stuck in this convenient pipe. So Charizard's stuck and I actually feel sorry for Charizard. Charizard was there enjoying its like own day and then these two tiny electric mice run over its tail and then it gets a bit annoyed at them and gets its head stuck in this pipe. I think he kind of deserves it. He sort of overreacted to these two mice when he tried to kill them. Yeah, but we know that Charizard had no, has no chill whatsoever. It's because it's Ash's Charizard. And Ash couldn't tame a toffee. We're assuming that this is Ash's Charizard. I don't know why they wouldn't share a Pokemon that isn't one of the gangs. So Charizard gets charged. Pikachu and Co. tie a rope around Charizard's leg and try to pull it out. Which includes like Onyx. And you'd think that Onyx would have enough strength to pull Charizard's head out of a pipe. But apparently not. Well, Onyx isn't putting in much effort. No, Onyx looks like it's just so nonplussed by this. It's like, yeah, gonna do the thing. It's pulling this magical rope that can tie itself around Charizard's leg. Yeah, and is also strong enough to, like, not snap under the amount of pressure that they're pulling. And can split off into separate ropes for the flying Pokemon and Geodude that levitates to hold on to. But yeah, they can't do it. They fail. They all fall over and Charizard starts to cry. So they ask Snubble, Cubone, Raichu and Meryl to help, who, which in total probably adds to maybe like £30, which isn't that much. So he goes and asks them to help and they all agree, even though they've spent this entire short being angry and challenging each other to competitions. We don't know what Pikachu said. No, because there's no English in this. It's all them just saying their names. Pikachu could have quite easily have gone over and said, I will give you some sexual favours if you help us get this Charizard out. If you want, you can have the egg. You can break the egg and eat its soft innards. We don't care. This is the strongest one we have. We need it to kill the human that enslaves us. Something along those lines. So basically everybody helps apart from Cubone, which is really sad. Because the Pokedex entry says that Cubone is a lonely Pokemon, so it prefers its own company instead of company of others. The Dex just comes up with the sickest burn on Cubone. Just like, Cubone is living up to its type as the lonely Pokemon, as it only looks after itself. Which is unfair and, quite frankly, aggressive, and I am not happy with it, and it's the worst bit of this entire episode. How dare you insult Cubone. But then Cubone helps anyway. Cubone is a soft small bean and needs help and love. He must have heard the Dex insulting him, calling him out. They're still not strong enough to, to pull Angry Zard. Angry Zard out of the hole. But yeah, they, they, they haven't got just enough strength yet. So what they do is they get Cubone to come and help. Do you know how much Cubone weighs? Nope. Can you not judge me on this? But I know Cubone's stats, average stats. How much does Cubone weigh then? Cubone is one foot four. So it's like 0.4 meters. And it weighs 6.5 kilos, which is like 14.3 pounds. It's about a stone. That much extra force has managed to pull Charizard out of this thing. And then Charizard, instead of, even though they're pulling sideways, when Charizard flies out of this, this tube, instead of its neck being broken, because if you look, it's got horns and the horns wouldn't exactly go back the way they came but instead of like charizard's head being ripped off or the horns being pulled off or something like that and something gruesome happening charizard just pops out and then flies into the sky because all these pokemon have had enough force to throw uh, a charizard way up into the air physics but also all of the pokemon who are pulling charizard get thrown into the air as well 
including Onyx. They all fly in a nice stream into the air, and like, even Pikachu's smiling at me like, Pikachu, as it flies away, because it's all fun and whimsy's happening here. Even though they've caused basically irrep- they've caused so much damage to this place. Well, there wasn't that much to damage in the first place. Uh, but uh, Charizard flies into the sky. Not flies, but gets thrown into the sky. It's got the rope attached to its leg still, and guess who is still holding onto that rope? Cubone. Psyduck. Psyduck. <laughs> Did you forget? Psyduck's still holding on. I had Cubone on the brain. Because Cubone's the best. This is when Meowth's annoyed because he's, he, his nap's disturbed and he goes and grabs a bomb from somewhere to blow everybody up. We all know where that bomb actually came from. From this mysterious pocket dimension that RPGs have where you can carry like 600 spray bottles of medicine in one single pocket. No, it's actually just wheezing soul. So Meowth has this bomb and is holding it and gets ready to throw it at everybody but Charizard lands on him and also Arbok and wheezing and it's just sat there and then the bomb explodes into these Charizard and Charizard's like what and it's so cute because he's just like what was that Amma just stand up and stands up and just walks away and then Meowth and everybody is just destroyed underneath which is really cute it's like the best bit because Charizard's just got this super cute little face of just like what 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 even was that I'm just happy now I've forgotten about the being stuck in the hole so then it cuts to everybody being happy and playing together because it's at the end of the day. It's now sunset. Well, playing together being let's actually construct buildings in this place. Okay, yeah, what they've done is they've taken all the damage that they've done for the day by running around causing shenanigans. They're now fixing these things because they understand how engineering and construction works. To build a proper slide and everything. Yeah, yeah, it's great considering they're essentially animals. But through the power of teamwork, you can accomplish anything. Like almost decapitating, decapitating a dragon and destroying a playground and then rebuilding it, but better. So then Ash and Co are there, but they're not quite there. You just hear their voices. Call out for every single Pokemon, pretty much. Every single Pokemon gets mentioned. Pikachu, Bulbasaur, Squirtle, Zubat, Vulpix, Psyduck, Starmie, Goldeen. It's like, ugh... So you hear them, but you don't see them. And then Pikachu decides to shake Snubble's hand, even though Snubble wasn't the one that he had the rivalry with. It was with Raichu, but okay. Snubble's the leader. Yeah, it's sneak preview for the next gen, which we haven't seen yet. And then we get the narration of the Pokedex, which apparently it's an observation unit, which means that somewhere Ash has left the Pokedex, like flying in the sky, looking at all of this stuff. It's one of Professor Oak's satellites that he definitely doesn't use for paedophilia. So then, like... It shuts down and then it's the end and it's all whimsy and fun because they had a day at this place where they were basically abandoned, where there were no fences so they couldn't kept in anywhere. There's no other human beings to keep them safe or to feed them. They were basically abandoned for a day whilst Ash and Co went and, I don't know, cried or went to group therapy to talk about how they just hate each other so much. But they've been travelling for six months. They're like hundreds of miles away from home. They've got no one else to talk to. These are their only friends because they're all kind of like socially inept at, at making new friends and they're all so weird and insular and so narcissistic and love themselves so much but hate everybody else and they just go and have these this, this therapy meeting where they have to go and talk about all their problems that's what happened like misty had to get like a, a foam paddle and just hit ash so many times because she's so done with him you've won like two badges out of all of them how are you winning this and then brock's just there and he's got like a complex because he's like he, he's a people pleaser he has to cook food for everybody and do all the laundry and all the housework because he needs to make people happy just to make them like him and ash is zero self-awareness and just does whatever he wants to do without caring for anybody else's feelings it would have probably been more interesting to watch ash's therapy session than pikachu's vacation okay any more notes about it every sign is pokemon they are visiting pokemon (laughs) 
Yeah, that, well, it's not a lie. I mean, you go there and there are Pokemon. They could have at least called it something. But they didn't, because that would have involved effort and money and creativity. Mount Wanalulu. Yeah, I just gave it a name. They spent the day at Mount Wanalulu. What was your favourite scene? I'm going to say that it was the water race with the cheesy 90s music that I kind of like. The water race could have just been the whole first half of the shot. They wouldn't have had Pikachu rolling on a log with Togepi, and they wouldn't have had Bulbasaur hypnotising Snubble with its eyes. They just kind of forgot about the whole looking after Togepi thing. Yeah, that just became a thing. All of this is so, like, non-sequential and stuff. and You could probably switch the order of all of these scenes and it wouldn't change anything, apart from the Charizard one. You could loop this, and it would still make sense. Just like, instead of having them leaving and then entering, just have it start, like, where Raichu's gang comes over and annoys Pikachu and whatever. You could basically do that again and just loop it and have a constant loop and it'd still make sense. You could probably take any of the scenes, shuffle them all together, throw them back out in any order and it would just still make absolute perfect sense because it's all so insular and stuck in its own little scene and then after that it doesn't count anymore. Just a bunch of tiny mini things that happen followed by 30 seconds of weird pokemon trips it's just looney tunes but not as funny my favorite scene is like i said earlier when charizard lands on meowth he looks all confused and the bomb goes off and charizard looks down and is all confused and then walks off with this goofy look i thought it was kind of cool because charizard gets so much personality in this short more than he's ever had in the show in the show he's just sassy in this he was sad because he got stuck in the thing he wanted to enjoy his time off but he couldn't because pikachu and, and raichu basically hurt him he gets angry, gets punished for it by getting stuck in a tube, is stuck there for such a long time. Everybody runs together to free him. He gets freed. And then this silly thing happens where he just basically lands on the ground and then there's an explosion underneath him. And he's all like, oh, what's this now? I'm not fond of Charizard that much. Favourite Mon? It's got to be Pikachu. Why? Because he's the most adorable character and he's the only one that actually attempts to make a real plot. <laughs> it's the closest thing to a plot is following Pikachu. I've got to say that mine is probably that long list of strange in-between segment Pokemon that make no sense and they're basically just there to be a segue to the next scene. That's all that they're there for. They're just so weird and they're so kind of scary but kind of awesome because it's just they're just there for no reason they just fill the jump cuts <laughs> they could have replaced that by the batman thing with a or like i don't know like a whoop or some sound effect or something okay so question time first question how do you feel about this as a short it's completely and utterly unnecessary do you want to elaborate a bit more it wasted my life it had a few cute moments or just adorable moments but that doesn't change the fact that the whole thing is completely and utterly pointless and is a waste of 20 minutes of anyone's time i'm not going to look back on this with fondness and be like i'm glad i watched it would you said this is filler then yes they wanted to fill the time that you spend at the cinema so instead of adding more plot to the actual movie they've created this extra little thing which is completely non-sequential doesn't add anything it's just essentially flavor it just gives you little bits of things is that how you feel you watched this three times at the cinema i bet you liked it as well because you were like six i really enjoyed it <laughs> it's so dumb it's kind of funny like we have these songs by these random people but we have these little bits where there's a fun little shot of 
a Bulbasaur spinning its eyes at Snubble, then it gets dizzy, and then this cuts to these Farfetch running across the screen shouting their name, and then it cuts to a Marl and a Squirtle both staring at each other, getting angry, and then they swim, and then it cuts to like some Executor and some Oddish that are walking across the screen now, and it cuts to the next thing, and then there's the next thing, and then it's over, and that was their day, and you're like, what happened here? Was there a plot? What's going on? Who were the heroes? Who were the villains? What's going on? What would make this 100% more worthwhile is if they did the Island of the Giant Pokemon thing where they had subtitles. Because that made it funny. Because you could laugh at how the Pokemon saying Pikachu somehow translated into actual sentences. Somehow translated into like, you want to fight, do you? That's what you want to do? We'll have a fight right now. I want to subtitle this. I think it would have been good if there were subtitles. It could have been really funny, but there obviously wasn't. It was literally just 20 minutes of just Pokemon saying their names. I'm going to take this and subtitle it myself with the dumbest things that they could be saying. Why would you do that to yourself? That means you've got to watch this again at least like five times. But then it means that when I watch it back again, I can watch it with these subtitles and just laugh because it'll be so stupid. It'll remind me of Island of the Giant Pokemon, which I actually liked. Okay, second question. Did the lack of talking bother you? And if so, in what way? It did bother me because it just made me miss Island of the Giant Pokemon. I can't remember what you said about that. Was that a good episode for you? It was good because it was so ridiculous that the Pokemon were speaking in full English with just Pokemon sounds. I found it hilarious and I really liked it. I remember you saying on the episode with Caterpie and Pikachu talking, you were like... That was really dumb and I don't like it because like you don't know what they're saying. It's really boring. And then we got to an episode where it was basically an entire episode of this, but they subtitled it and you were like, actually, you know what? That was quite fun because we got to spend time with the Pokemon and gave them personality. Yeah, the subtitles made that episode. Without the subtitles, it would have been boring. Yeah, I, I kind of agree that like it, it bothered me that we didn't have it. We had the Pokedex, which gave us a small narrative. But apart from that, it was literally just Pokemon saying their name, which, which isn't fun. It's nothing exciting just to see a Pokemon saying its name seven times over because it has to have a, a conversation that we can't hear. It kind of gives us a bit of a disconnect. Like, if they're talking for 20 seconds, all we're going to get is 20 seconds of Pikachu saying its name again and again. Which isn't, ent- pardon me, which isn't entertaining. We had 20 minutes of it. I mean, there was a lot of physical expression. Like, loads, that was quite, uh, quite good. That was pretty much all that they had to actually make it funny. But just a lot of the arguing and things is just really boring. For no reason as well. Like, they only argued because they woke Togepi up. It's overall just boring. <laughs> they try and teach them sort of moral lesson. Just like, teamwork is good and you should work together. And... I don't know how well they managed to do that through animals that can't actually communicate very effectively to the viewers. Third question. What did you think of the new Pokemon we saw, which were Snubble and Meryl? They were all right. They were there. There isn't that much to say about them. They were they were Gen 2 Pokemon that were there for a reason. Uh, well, they were, they were there to preview the next season of Pokemon because I think this came out late on in the, the show. So have you got like no opinions of like, what do you think of Meryl? Or as I would know it as Pika Blue, because when we got previews of the new Pokemon, we saw Meryl and it people were calling it Pika Blue, which was like a secret Pokemon you could get. I'm just indifferent about both of them, really. I have vague memories of a character having a snubble and being kind of irritating in the future. That's it. They're not my favourites, they're not least favourites. I like Snubble. I like Granbull a bit more. I really like Granbull. Snubble's kind of cool because it's weird. It's like, it's a pink Pokemon, which you was like, like back in the 90s, pink was always cutesy and girly and pretty and feminine. But then they get this Pokemon, which is like essentially this ugly dog. Is it supposed to be like a bulldog? There's this trope somewhere of rich ladies having ugly dogs. 
Which, let's be fair, I mean, Snobble's kind of ugly. It's got, like, a, an, an underbite, and it's got, like, these puffed-up cheeks. But it's also got these ears, which are supposed to look like cloth, like uh, ruffled cloth and stuff. But, yeah, I, I, I quite like Gramble. It's purple, and it's got giant jaw. Cool. I do like the way Snubble says its name, though. Snubble. Also, it's laugh. Don't you think it's Snubble's laugh sounds like an actual person? <laughs> it does. It was kind of creepy. It's like, ha 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 ha. Oh, that's so weird. No, it shouldn't have a person laugh. Snubble. I like Snubble. Snubble's cool. And Meryl just wins a race. Meryl wins a race and we don't even get to see them celebrating because it just focuses on Squirtle being depressed. They call it Meryl, but Meryl says Meryl. Meryl, Meryl. I don't think it speaks like Snubble. Meryl, Meryl. It's not as interesting though, because it's basically just a blue circle. It is. It's just, it's a beach ball. Well, its tail is designed to float. It's full of oil and it's supposed to float on the top of the water whilst it swims underneath. But th- doesn't that mean that's just its tail would float? Then Meryl would drown. Wait, how big is the tail? It's kind of bent, isn't it? It's got those little like jags in it where it's, it's all sort of compressed together almost. So it can extend its tail to swim underwater, but it uses its tail almost like as a life buoy. And that's what it uses when it swims. It's supposed to use that to like float on top of the water whilst it swims underneath, which is weird because it can only swim essentially about a foot down into the water. But that's the most in- interesting bit of information I can think of, Meryl. It's weird for a mouse to be- go swimming for food. I'd love to know what it was based on because it's, it's got to be based on something. I think it's based on Pikachu. Well, Pikachu's based on a po- uh, an animal called a piker, which is so cute. It's like a hamster gerbil, and they scream. Well, they don't. They go like, meh, meh, meh. They're really cute, and they're lovely, and I love them. I need to look those up then. So, we're going to score every short and every movie out of 10, and then we're going to rank them in best to worst order. So, if you had to rank this Pikachu's Vacation, if you got to rank it out of 10, what would it be? I would give it 5 out of 10. Why? Because... It was fine. It was okay. It was meh. Nothing happened. It didn't offend me, but it didn't excite me either. It was okay to watch. Like, it it was filling time till the movie, but it wasn't enough to, like... It's not something you'll Google on on its own and watch and enjoy. Yeah, it's not something that I'll be re-watching anytime soon. What do you think I scored it out of 10? Just just as a guess. I think that you gave it an 8. So, you're right... But you're also wrong. I gave it an 8 in my original score, but I have actually deducted it down to a (laughs) 6. Because you realise that it's mediocre. (laughs) Once I get rid of my nostalgia for it, it is actually just just these bits of scenes where nothing happens and it's kind of boring. And there's the weird bits in between. So yeah, you were kind of right. Nostalgia Blinded Sam would have given it an 8, so you win there. I also would uh, put it down to a 6 because it's okay. I enjoyed it more than you because I'm quite happy to watch this. Like, I, I'd watch it again, but I'd probably be on my phone whilst I watch it. If I didn't have the podcast, I wouldn't have rewatched it before this to just refresh it in my memory a bit. Have you got anything else you want to mention about it before we end it? It's all right the first time. The second time, it's just boring and painful. <laughs> the first time I watched it at the cinema, I have specific memories of when I cried. By the way, if I watch a film and I get in- emotionally involved into it, in it, I will probably cry. Or if I've had a drink, I will probably cry because I am like that. I was eight, at- no, nine at the time, so I didn't drink. But the first time we're at the cinema and I watched it, I have a memory of when Charizard's crying because they're stuck in the pipe. I cried a little bit. <laughs> so I was like, no, they're not allowed to be stuck in the pipe. How are they allowed to be stuck in the pipe? They've got to go and do the things. I have no sympathy for Charizard. He deserves everything he gets. Cool. So Pikachu's vacation. That's the first one of what, 19 Pikachu specials we've got to watch. I was just about to headbutt the mic in pain. There's so many movies. <laughs>
Now we're going to talk about Pokemon the first movie, also known as Pokemon the first movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back. As Ash and Co. relax and prepare dinner slash battle, a Dragonite appears with a mysterious invitation to an island where the world's strongest Pokemon master has invited some of the top trainers from across the land to meet. Yes. Isn't that how it introduces itself? It starts off with some weird shot of bubbles under the sea and starts talking like it's a David Attenborough documentary. It's about how life is mysterious and everything and we don't know everything about it. And then we have a little shot of Mewtwo being like, where am I? What am I? It starts off with the scientisty bit. That's the technical term. The scientisty bit. It's got quite a dark opening, though. If you compare it to the show, where it's normally, like, really happy and Ash and Co are somewhere eating food or whatever. That does come up later. Oh, yes, because it's Ash and Co. But they cut to this bit where there's this thing being like, where am I? It's like, oh, this is, this is darker. Me too. Sounds like Magneto. For some reason, he just reminded me of Magneto. How? The voice, I guess. The angst. And the hatred of everything that hates him. Just Magneto in general, the gruff, old, angry voice. Sure, I'll take your word for that one. Plus he gets the helmet to match later on. Oh yeah, he does. So Mewtwo stirs and asks what's happening, where he is. And then he can hear voices, like he hears Mew. I can hear voices from the outside where I must be. And that's when he's like, oh, better break this glass now. And all the scientists are like, oh look, he's, he's awake and he's alive, he's doing stuff. Let us hear his psychic powers. Wink, wink. Guys, he, he's psychic now. They also say Giovanni's helicopter needs to be contacted right away. I'm like, okay, so considering they haven't explicitly told us, they've kind of shown us that Giovanni's involved in this somehow and that it communicates with psychic powers. I mean, it has kind of told us about the psychic powers, but it wasn't like, this is Mewtwo who is psychic type. Look, at using it psychic to communicate. So the scientists explained to Mewtwo that he is a result of an experiment to create the world's strongest Pokemon. And Mewtwo's like, so what's my purpose? And he's very confused. <laughs> Do you know who Mewtwo reminds me of? Is it Blackwell Grimm? Yes, a lot. He is Blackwell Greymon in Pokemon form. If you don't know who Blackwell Greymon is, you'll find out soon enough. We're going to have to watch that soon. So the scientists just keep talking about how they're going to experiment on him to his face and they lack any sort of tact. They're being really insensitive, saying how they need to cage him and they've got to go and run tests to... Uh, to test his capabilities and Mewtwo's just like I want to go outside. We made some ones before you but they all failed they died so that's promising. So Mewtwo being very unhappy at this decides to blow up everything. Yeah he just completely wrecks the place. Using his psychic powers he can create explosions at will and the security system that they have in place which is a bunch of mechanical arms that come from the ceiling don't really do much to help yeah they don't do anything what would they do against a psychic pokemon <laughs> just hold him and be like no stop if its power comes from its mind then stopping it physically will do literally nothing to it well the scientists didn't know that did they and now look what happened to them they're all dead well we get one of the most famous lines or most well-known lines from this movie and it's we dreamed of creating the world's strongest pokemon and we succeeded and then everything blows up Everyone dies. Mewtwo has, like, legit just killed a team of scientists. It's wiped out everyone. 
You can't say that they blasted off. They didn't blast off, they died. They got killed. It just starts off with genocide. Well, not genocide. It's genocide of scientists. It's mass murder. A killing spree. Homicide. To be a serial killer, I think it's more than six people? Or was it more than two? I think it's more than two. But does it count if he kills them all simultaneously? Yes. These are the deep questions. Are you a serial killer if you kill six people, but you kill them all at the same time? Because then you've only done one murder. It's just been effective against six people. Well, no, it's you've done lots of murders. I don't know. I don't really know the context of using psychic powers to blow up a place and people in the process. So I just want to point out that my notes just say, these scientists lack tact. Now they're all dead. They're really insensitive. Like, they don't care about his feelings. Like, you just created life and you're not going to be like, okay, it's going to be really weird for you, but this is not a natural thing. You are not a natural thing, but here you are. Don't freak out. But they're like, no, let's test it and cage it and find ways to do what we need to do with it. And let's say all of this in front of the experiment. But Mewtwo essentially levels the entire island and then Vivani appears because he was maybe minutes away. It's a fast helicopter. Oh, yes. Well, he's super rich he has he's evil and has money he can do whatever he wants he's traveled from the viridian city gym to cinnabar island which isn't that far that's not cinnabar island he's on is it not i could have sworn it was cinnabar island where they do the experiments in Mewtwo. that's where they have that mansion which is researching i would have thought it was pretty close it's new island oh so it's a new island so it could be anywhere on the planet it must have been close to Viridian City Gym then. Yeah, I'm assuming it's like near Cinnabar and Viridian and stuff in that sort of location. Maybe. Because it's an evil science lab, so why would Giovanni have it on an island populated by people? Because the scientists aren't very clever. Well, clearly, they just insulted the most powerful Pokemon in the world to its face area. Welcome to humanity. You're garbage. We're going to do awful things to you now. You have no rights. So Giovanni lands on New Island to explain to Mewtwo that he's here to help, help him control his powers, and that he's not the bad guys, and he totally isn't in league with the scientists. He's like, we should be partners. I can help you control your powers. And Mewtwo's like, yeah, okay, I've got literally nothing else going for me. Nothing better to do. I've already killed everyone that made me, so... So uh, he goes and helps Giovanni by being given cool anime armour. What the anime armor seems to do is make it so that instead of exploding things, he can just move things with his mind. Which even then is pretty powerful, especially with Gen 1. I think Alakazam and that evolution line was one of the only ones with proper psychic powers. It just dials back the explosions and that counts as controlling his power. So we get a nice montage of Mewtwo just picking things up and flinging them across the room. Including a little sneak peek at that episode in Viridian Gym. Because we've got Gary, and he's with his Arcanine and Nidoking. He's He's got those, and it's that scene from that episode as he's getting flung about and stuff. He's also being used to catch lots of Pokemon. Like, there's a herd of Tauros that he's lifted into the air, and Team Rocket are there throwing Pokeballs. From the start, Mewtwo's essentially in an abusive relationship. His parents are abusive towards him by being like, Oh, we made him, now let's do what we want with him and keep him in their cage. And then he's friend slash other proper creators like i paid for you to be made come be my partner and then also now you work for me doing these things so it's kind of only fair that mewtwo has some kind of episode and goes on a murder spree mewtwo's surprisingly gullible considering he's like the most powerful pokemon he's not the smartest pokemon can't he read minds as well? I don't know that, actually. If he can read minds, he should know that Giovanni's got ulterior motives. I think he's just got telekinesis. 
But you can communicate through the mind. Yeah, but you can talk to people through your mind, but it doesn't mean you can read it. I can talk to you right now, it doesn't mean I can read your mind. Well, you don't have psychic powers. I'm pretty certain you don't have psychic powers. I am currently floating upside down in my living room, so you you don't know. Okay, sure. Why not? But eventually, Giovanni slips his disguise, or his pretend to be partner thing, and basically just does what the scientist did and tells everything straight to Mewtwo's face. Yeah, Mewtwo's like, you said you wanted to be equals, Giovanni said. No, I'm evil, don't you understand? I made you to do my bidding. I'm just saying, if Mewtwo said to me, look, I want, I, like, I don't know what I'm doing, I would just want to be equals. I'm like, yep, you can be equals, you can come and live with me and be equals and don't explode everything. It's dumb, because why would Giovanni drop the act at this point? It's working just fine. Because he thinks he could control him. Mewtwo's just asking, like, is this really all I'm for? And Giovanni's just like, yes. <laughs> so Mewtwo doesn't really appreciate that. He uh, freaks out and escapes and explodes off out into the sky. And that's another bit that we see in that episode. We see Mewtwo flying away with the armor breaking off him. But now we can't control his powers anymore. You can. They weren't being suppressed. They were being focused, as Giovanni said. So he's been trained to use his powers without this armor, I guess. So now he can move things with his mind. So he decides to go back to the island he was born because he has nowhere else to go to. At which point he spends months and months reconstructing the entire island. He decides that he's going to wipe out all humans and Pokemon because they are all awful to him. I'm like, well, no, not not all of them. Just the ones you met. I mean, all this anecdotal evidence supports that humans are evil and will just abuse Pokemon. So his plan to control the entire world is to make an island, just repair the one that he was born on. And from there it all goes... I don't know, it goes in a direction, but we'll get to that later. I don't understand Mewtwo's bastard plan, despite having watched the film twice. To be fair, all he's ever known is people telling him what to do and controlling his powers, and he can tell that he's stronger than everybody else. So even though he is a psychic type, he's still kind of a child. But he did also learn to talk from the instant that he was born, which suggests that he ages at an accelerated rate. Or that he's psychic enough to learn to speak. But before that, once he's decided that he's going to wipe out the entire of the human race and Pokemon as well, we get the bad 90s Mewtwo Strikes Back logo. It's quite amazing. It's awful. Kind of awful. CGI title cards. It reminds me of Spy Kids when I watched it, just because of the title card being of similar quality. Yeah, I can see that. So now we get to Ash and Co., because we've had all the murder and evil, now we get everything's not the worst. After the dramatic setup, it cuts back to Ash and Go, who are doing their usual thing of nothing at all. Nothing at all, and eating food, and Ash being hungry. And lazy, and annoying. And Brock being the housewife. He's cooking no chew stew. Do you know what I found even funnier about that? What? You see Ash chewing it later on. It's because Ash is so dumb, he chews no chew stew. So, Misty's railing on Ash for being a lazy... Insert swear word here. And Ash is just resting his head on the table, complaining about being really hungry, while Pikachu and Togepi are being adorable and Brock is cooking. And that's where the scene is set for this introduction. Just Misty is angry, Brock is slave, and Ash is entitled. And Pikachu and Togepi are adorable. Yeah, they always are. They're the best. It's this default state of being. And then pirate trainer i can only assume he's a pirate trainer because he has a bandana over his head i think that he looks like a precursor for team aqua in uh, ruby and sapphire 
yeah, he's a pirate trainer. <laughs> Just comes up and's like, hey, is Ashram Pallet here? I'm looking for a kid named Ashram from Pallet. Have you seen him? I was like, well, that's oddly specific, but also, yes, it's me. So Ash instantly is inspired to stand up and start fighting because he's always got the energy for a Pokemon battle. So Ash and Pirate Guy start having a battle while the worst version of the intro theme starts playing. Yeah, it's like a different version where it's like so over the top version of it. It's pop. It's really bad. I've heard three different versions of this Pokemon theme now that are all inferior to the original version and I don't get why they keep trying. <laughs> what, have you heard the X and Y version? Yeah, I've heard the ones that are all the other intros from in future seasons. The X and Y version of it's really good. It's still inferior to the original. I don't think that one's bad because it's like, it's modern. It's, it's basically the same, but they've made it slightly more modern. But it's still not as good. In your opinion. You can't beat the original version. It can. But anyway, the version in this film does just ruin it entirely. Yeah, it's it's not the best. And they do a weird thing where bits of the animation get repeated for some reason. It's really weird. <laughs> like they'll summon a Machamp and then it flexes and then it just shows that bit of Machamp being summoned and flexed again. Like, there's no reason for it. But we do get to see this entire battle. I think they use three Pokemon each. Yeah, he uses Machamp, Golem and Donphan, I think. Yeah, and Ash uses Bulbasaur, Squirtle and pikachu probably so it starts off with bulbasaur against donphan which is good because it's actually the right type to use so well done ash but you wouldn't know that because this is the first time we've ever seen donphan yeah it's a gen 2 pokemon they do this in movies they tend to show us little sneak peeks there's some other sneak peeks to other gen 2 pokemon in this as well because this was before the orange islands and everything as well so we don't see tracy with meryl meryl so yeah we get a little sneak peek at donphan which is cool it's a really awesome pokemon it's because it's a ground type it's also an elephant. Or is it more of an armadillo? It's like a cross between the two. Sandshrew's an armadillo, more well, more like an armadillo. But how many elephants do you see rolling up into balls? Donphan. You've seen a wild Donphan? Yeah, I have. Cool. That's fantastic. Pokemon are real. Did you not know this? I mean, I don't go outside that much, so it's not that surprising. To be fair, I actually caught a Donphan two days ago in Pokemon Go for the first time when I went to Birmingham, so that made me happy. Yay. Because I still play it because it's good. It's not. It is. It's good if you don't like having battery life in your phone. I've got a Pokemon Go Plus though, and that really helps. So Bulbasaur wins because, of course, Ash wins. It uses Solar Beam, doesn't it? I remember it used Vine Whip to pick up Donphan at one point, but I could just be remembering that as any other Pokemon. The amount of times Bulbasaur's picked ones up. And then it's Squirtle versus Machamp, isn't it? Because this is the best matchup. He's sent out a four-armed man Pokemon. The only thing that can fight against that is a tiny turtle. With no type advantage. That's two stages lower. He has a Pidgeotto. Do we even see Pidgeotto in this? No, we see a Pidgeot later, but the trainer calls it Pidgeotto. Yeah, there are a couple of mistakes in this movie. But Squirtle wins against Matchamp. Because it has to. To be fair, Squirtle's now like level 40-something because it knows Hydro Pump. Well, not yet, because that's in the Orange Islands that it learns it. It's, it'll be like level 30-something. Still, a Squirtle shouldn't beat a Matchamp. And then it's Pikachu versus Golem? That can't be right, can it? Oh, no, wait, I think he gets angry now. He gets annoyed and he sends out Venomoth, Golem, and Pinsir. Yeah, he sends them out all at once. And then Pikachu just does one electric shock and takes them all out. Even though Golem's a ground type. But who cares? It's Ash. We can make exceptions for Ash. So that was a very long and mundane intro battle scene with a bad song covering it. But we also get Team Rocket, who are there spying on them. 
but they're turning to talk about how they're broke and starving, and Jesse offers to cook, and they say no because she's bad at food. Oh, get wrecked, Jesse. James probably does all the cooking. I can see James being good at cooking. He's quite creative, though, like, with costumes and everything, so I imagine he's quite creative, culinary-wise. It's really easy to just picture him, like, above a big cauldron making stew or something. Maybe a pot and not a cauldron, because that's a bit bigger. But flying high above them is a spy pharaoh. Pharaoh. It's definitely pharaoh, because there was a who's that Pokemon and it said pharaoh. Fine. But it cuts to a woman and a chair in a room. (laughs) We're both watching Ash. And it's like a weird, creepy, strangely organic room. And she's asking questions. She's like, shall I send an invitation to this one? And then she's like, as you wish. Like, no one else is saying anything. But like, we know Mewtwo's in that chair, but we don't see Mewtwo. So it just looks like she's there talking to a chair. I also want to point out that the shot on the screen is literally impossible with the way that Furo is flying. What, like, directly above? And then somehow now taking the shot from almost sideways on? No, the shot is perfectly still and the Firo cannot be flying perfectly still maybe it's got really advanced technology that's like zoomed in on it and it's, it's tracking it it's an impossible shot with the way that they are getting it stop trying to ruin the plot really the shot should just get like a split second of ash as Firo flies over <laughs> just keep getting glimpses as he's doing a figure of eight around it but then we get the best little bit i love this thing i love dragonite mail so much but yeah, one of the Pokemon cards he got with the movie was a Dragonite card, and it was really cute. Have you seen the cards? I've seen this card before. Look at Dragonite. It's so cute. It looks so like a banana. I know, but it's so cute. It's got a little baggy. It has the Pokemon Power Special Delivery. It lets you choose a card from your hand and put it on your deck, and you draw a card. So you basically swap a card with one on your deck. It has one move, and there's a 50-50 chance it will do nothing at all. But look at the artwork. It's so cute. It's a little orange dragon with a little handbag it's only got 90 hp and it's a stage two it hardly seems worth it doesn't matter it's adorable i prefer the mewtwo card because it's cool which one the mewtwo movie card i found a screenshot of just all four movie cards it was mewtwo dragonite pikachu and electabuzz mewtwo's is the coolest pikachu looks like an egg yes just this egg-shaped thing. So much like an egg. It's better than... Have you seen the other Mewtwo promo card? It's the worst. Oh, I remember this one. It's so hideous. Oh, that's not a good look for you, Mewtwo. Why does he look like he's dying? Why is he melted? It's like someone put him in the oven for too long. He's a bit too tanned. No, he looks burnt. He looks like he's made of marshmallow, and the marshmallow has been cooked way too much. Oh, man, these promo cards. Anyway... Back onto the film. Dragonite was flying over. It takes the best angle of approach it can possibly take, going straight through both Team Rocket and Dash and Co. Yeah, just completely destroying all of their stuff that they have out, just to be a d- on purpose. It can't just land gracefully, can it? Nope, but it gives them a little envelope. And I've got a note saying that Stevie says this message is a Star Wars. It is. It just brings a Star Wars hologram message. It does. Just Nurse Joy dressed like a Princess Leia copycat in this holographic message inviting them to this competition to new island where the world's strongest pokemon trainers are going to gather do you think this new island is new i think it might be new i think i wonder why the way of finding the best pokemon trainers in the world is very inefficient yeah just lots of flying type pokemon everywhere just send out Firo, and if they see someone win a battle just assume that it's one of the best in the world well they have to find some contrived way of ash getting there could they not have just been like these people have badges could they not find that out somehow but then they would have seen that loads of people have got badges in better ways than ash being given half of them the majority of his badges just 
given to him. So they say yes to this invite and Drago like leaves only to get frying panned by Team Rocket. One question I do have is how come they get sent an invite with a holographic message and then they reply with a piece of paper? Because it's funny. This super high tech bit of like holographic messaging and they're like reply just a piece of paper with two boxes. <laughs> yes or no. The gap in technology between those two things. The chasm. I think you mean it's a chasm of technology. Do they not have email in the Pokemon world? It's a bit like Uber and you order an Uber and then like a horse-drawn cart appears. That would be amazing. So yeah, Team Rocket find out that they've said yes to something and they're like, yes to what? So then Mewtwo has to start the test. And Mewtwo in my notes is just M2. He's a motorway. Yeah, so he stirs clouds to summon a storm. Because he can control the weather, which is pretty cool. I wish they did more with that. But then the best Pokemon ever in ever wakes up. For reasons. Maybe it can sense Mewtwo's psychic powers. But all we know is that Mew wakes up and it's like, Mew, and I'm dying a little inside because Mew's the best. Yeah, Mew is adorable in every single way. The entire of this movie, Mew just wants to have fun and make friends. Not even make friends, he just messes around. For me, the way I see it is that Mew can sense Mewtwo's similarity to itself. So maybe it sees Mewtwo as a, like, sibling almost or it just wakes up for no reason or maybe it just wakes up because the plot needs another legendary i don't get why was he just asleep in a bubble at the bottom of a river or something legendary pokemon it's like godzilla except it's a tiny white thing in a bubble i think it's cute it's very cute so ash and co have suddenly ended up at the dock where they need to leave and it's a boathouse full of pokemon and it's kind of great one of them has a caterpie that person has taste. One of them also has a Sentret. Yay, Sentret. Sentret's cool. Little sneak preview. Also, these people have like Caterpie and Sentret and Nidoran. Are they also supposed to be going to this island? Because I don't think so. Well, all they had to do was win a battle with a Pharaoh above them. I'm just saying like a Caterpie, I don't think it's going to be able to beat Mewtwo. But there's a mob of angry people out there all surrounding Officer Jenny. They're not allowed to go because the harbour master says that there's a prophecy about a storm. And I'm like, no, no more prophecies. You're not doing this, Pokemon. This is Digimon stuff. Just like, it's the dumbest reason. It's not because the storm is dangerous. It's because there is a legend foretelling that this storm is dangerous. There is a prophecy that there is a storm that will wipe everything out. I'm like, well, how do you know it's this one? This could just be a normal storm. It's every time it's a storm, it's the prophecy. Whoa, everybody get away. Oh, it didn't destroy us this time. I guess it wasn't that one. Also, this person foretelling the prophecy has the worst accent. Yeah, I can't tell where she's supposed to be from. She seems French for some reason. Or maybe Scandinavian. And she's also like considering she has the smallest part she's got quite a good design like she's got like a better design than than some of the pokemon trainers that we see but all she does is foretell of this pointless legend about a storm that will wipe everything out so everyone ignores them and just gets on their own pokemon to go over well officer jenny says that they shouldn't go because if they get hurt they can't exactly go to the pokemon center because nurse joy's been missing and i'm like so there's one nurse joy in that entire pokemon center also they are the one in charge where they only a nurse and not a doctor but also like you're telling me that if this nurse joy is sick or something that no one can use the pokemon center do they not get days off or anything or is this like forever that they just have to be at this pokemon center it's forever just saying officer jenny should unionize and the nurse joys they're probably busy all of the time they don't have time off because they're born into this life they're technically second class citizens which raises the question of how did the mewtwo manage to brainwash and take her away without anyone noticing psychic power just one day nurse joy went i'm leaving (laughs) walks out 
is never seen again. I'm done with this. And everyone's just like, oh no, she's gone missing. They haven't even left to go to the island yet. Well, we're actually almost half an hour into the film at this point. Are we? Yeah. How do you know that? When I tried rewatching it the first time, I got about half an hour in and they were around here. Okay. So yeah, the Pokemon Center's closed and they don't want to have anybody go in case they get hurt because they can't get healed or anything. And then they'd feel responsible and very guilty. And we don't want Officer Jenny and this random Harbour Master woman feeling bad. So they all try and find a way to leave the island. There are people on like a Pidgeot or Pidgeotto and Gyarados and Blastoise. And then Ash and Co can't go anywhere because they haven't evolved their Pokemon. Oh, oh no. no. Oh, if only a dead had a bigger Squirtle, you know, just a bigger Pokemon. Just a Pokemon that can fly or, or swim that's bigger. <laughs> While everyone's leaving, the Harbour Master now is just like... Only the strongest trainers will go, suggesting that she actually knew that people could survive this. Or maybe she's like, only the strongest trainers will make it. So like maybe 20, 30 of the trainers just die. Like the, the kid with a caterpie just drowns in the middle of the ocean. Oh, that'd be hilarious. I'm just imagining him grabbing onto the back of the caterpie and jumping off the dock. He's never seen again. We can do this. I believe in you, Caterpie. Or they're just like stood at the edge of the dock and like they're stood there. He's holding Caterpie like, we can do this. Like a giant wave washes over and when the wave goes down, there's no child left. It's so funny because it's so dumb. So now this isn't a deadly prophesied storm. It's just a challenge for some Pokemon trainers. So Ash and Co can't get over, but then a group of Vikings appear, which are quite clearly Jesse, James and Meowth because it's a man, it's a woman and it's a cat Pokemon. A cat on the front of the boat. Oh yeah, I forgot Meowth being like the maiden head. Pretty cool. And then there's a line. They have these really awful Scandinavian accents. And they're like, we'll take you to New Island and stuff. We'll take you there faster than you can say far at Nugan. There's so many really good, quite bad jokes in this little bit on the boat. But my favourite bit is because they're like rowing and Jesse's like, stroke, stroke. 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 I think we're going to have one. And I didn't get it when I was younger because I was young. I didn't know what strokes were. But then when I got old and I watched it and I heard it, I got it and it just killed me. <laughs> I just found it really funny. I've just thought of something though. What? Team Rocket are basically trying to tag along with Ash and Co. Right. To find out whatever it is they're trying to do. So how do they know that they need to get a boat to help them? Because I don't know. They somehow know exactly what Ash and Co. need to progress and are going to take them there. Why are they helping Ash and Co. if at this point they know where they're supposed to go for this thing? I don't know. Team Rocket has no reason to take Ash and Co. there now if they know where they're supposed to be going. Because Team Rocket drives the plot forward because they're the best characters. Yeah, it feels like there's often just chains of events that don't follow logically. Well, a giant wave washes off their costumes in one go and they're like, it's Team Rocket! And then Team Rocket stand up and start doing the motto and then another wave crashes onto them and just washes them off. I was just going to ask, do they actually do the full motto at any point in this film? No, no, no. Oh, that's a shame. I don't think they do it in like the next few movies. Oh. So yeah, this storm is kind of brutal and knocks them around underwater a lot and it's kind of really scary they're in open water in a storm and could actually drown i think this is some of the, the biggest amount of danger that the gang have been in because even in the episode with the saint anne when they were under the water they were still like in a boat in a bubble like they had air and everything and then the only way they they escaped was the dangerous bit there but then like they had a plan to escape in this they have to go to a place they've never been to in a storm with Squirtle and Starmie. That's what they've got to help them. And, you know, if they didn't have those Pokemon, they would have died. But we obviously know that they're going to live because they're the main characters. They still managed to drag it out for a good minute in the water, though. I like it, though, because it's kind of 
relentless and constant and you realize it's not just a short thing that's happening this is happening a lot but it's really boring yes it is so boring i mean the only good part of it is when squirtle goes oh wait ash needs to breathe and takes them back up to the surface oh i forgot that these ones need air to breathe but they arrive they get to the surface and it's the heart of the storm where it's really calm and peaceful so what i'm assuming is that apart from this like if you're not here outside apparently there's a big storm happening just destroying everything they mention it later on Mewtwo mentions it how there's a storm spreading out just destroying the world and we don't ever see it so I, you don't really know it's there but apparently there's also supposed to be a storm at the same time that's just wiping out things so new island is in the eye of the storm but then we also see Mew and team rocket have survived by using wheezing to float up to the surface oh yeah 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 they have to survive as well but they find Nurse Joy. Brock says he remembers her face from the poster. It's Nurse Joy. And like, yeah, okay, that's... It's cool how Brock has this talent of being able to recognise them all for their own small traits. And he's at least able to go, yeah, I remember her. She's from the poster. She's the missing Nurse Joy. In the later episodes of Indigo League, when all of the Nurse Joys and Officer Jennies are gathered for the Pokemon League, Brock can still tell them apart by the slightest differences, which is quite funny. But anyway, Nurse Joy leaves them inside because they have the holographic invite that they got that still works even though it's been waterlogged but then we get a little time with Mew and Mew's playing with the windmill blades and falling on them as they move around and I think that's really cute Mew's really adorable and the building itself I've got a note that says the building's very like H.R. Geiger who did Alien just reminds me of the aliens from the movie Alien yeah my housemate pointed out that there's a lot of similarities with this and Alien so it's not just me then that's good it just looks natural and and shiny and it's creepy in its own way. It does look very, like, you don't think humans would make it, so it, it kind of helps give off the vibe of something unnatural. It's because Mewtwo made it all with his bare hands. With his little ping-pong ball nub hands. My housemate just kept saying throughout the whole film that the baubles ruined the whole design. Of Mewtwo? Yeah, he looks really cool and sleek, and then he just has these baubles for fingertips <laughs> and for ankles. I think they're okay. I mean... It explains why he has psychic powers, because he can't grab things. No, it doesn't! Are you saying that if I chop off my hands, I will gain psychic powers? No, because you weren't born with psychic powers. You had the hands to use, because he was born without hands. He has hands. He has the nubs on the end of them. I don't know. I didn't really concentrate on the nubs that much. I didn't think about Mewtwo's nubs, okay? Having nubs on your fingertips and ankles don't explain why you'd have psychic powers. He has nubs on his ankles? <laughs> I haven't actually like looked at Mewtwo in detail. He has just the dumbest nubs on his ankles. Oh, yeah. What are they for? He's also got that weird like neck tube. Get rid of the nubs and he looks cool. It's also got like a weird neck brace thing. Why does he need two necks? Mewtwo necks. Oh, that's so good. Also, like if you look at the purple bit as almost like a space hopper he sat on, he just suddenly looks like a really thin person his tail is cool though okay where were we <laughs> we were at saying how the building looks really weird yeah that's where we were we got distracted by mewtwo's nubs so ash gets led to a main hallway and we find that three others have succeeded and they're the only ones worthy i'm assuming that the other trainers have died all of the caterpies and nidorans have died they've all drowned horribly and painfully and slowly it's not dark at all so then it cuts to team rocket as they try to gate crash by getting into a sewer because they're my little garbage babies but as they're walking jesse keeps like sensing mewtwo behind her and keeps turning around no, meows keeps sensing mew no, jesse at one point senses me yeah that's like just outside before they go in because mew's floating around behind them just watching my next note is that's not a pidgeotto 
because I think this is where they introduce each other. They meet the other trainers and the trainer's just like, I flew over on Pidgeotto and it's a Pidgeot. This is the bit where you meet the other Pokemon trainers and their Pokemon. And I remember this scene because I had a promo disc for the movie. It was like a square disc because it was really awesome because they could do different shapes with discs. It was all really badly pixelated for some reason. Like there was a couple of scenes. There was this scene. There was uh, when Mewtwo descends. There's a bit where the clones are fighting. A few scenes it in the promo disc to sell the movie which we got at the movie i think but they were badly pixelated and like the audio was bad but yeah still went to go watch them. so one of them came over on a gyarados he seems to have all world pokemon and then just a nidoqueen who's the odd one out maybe he likes blue um blue dabba dee dabba da dabba dee dabba da dabba dee dabba da are you done yeah i'm done then we also have the girl who's got wiggly tough vile plume Dugong Sandslash? That's Blastoise, I think. One thing about Blastoise is that I love how they just go, blah, blah. Yeah, Shellshock is the Blastoise. There's Brute Root, which the guy has, which is a Venusaur. And then Ash has Charizard, the Charizard. So original. So we've seen the other trainers and the Pokemon. Then the lights go out. The lights go out. Because Mewtwo needs his dramatic entrance. Nurse Joy does the big drum roll and introduces the world's greatest Pokemon master. I'm going to introduce my master. The world's greatest Pokemon trainer is also the world's greatest Pokemon. <gasps> How can that be? A Pokemon can't train Pokemon. Also, Team Rocket are in the sewers still. Well, they end up in this cloning area. We're not there yet. They're still in the sewers, but they're like they're not talking, and it's kind of atmospheric because they're in this creepy sewer. It's cool. Why has Mewtwo built such a massive sewer system for these two people on the island? Because blood. Mewtwo starts trying to kill the children. Well, not quite yet. He gets kind of annoyed. <laughs> he throws one of the kids into water, like psychically. Psychically throws them. And then he sends out his Gyarados to attack, which is like one of the most powerful Pokemon. And it uses Hyper Beam, which is one of the most powerful attacks. And I think they did it just to prove how little that sort of strength means to Mewtwo. Because Mewtwo just deflects it with the palm of his hand and takes no damage. Takes out the Gyarados. He has no need for Nurse Joy anymore, so he just removes his possession of her, and Brock goes and saves her. Yeah, Nurse Joy falls over, and the hat comes off, and all of a sudden her hair just springs back to normal. But apparently he stole her because of her knowledge of Pokemon physiology, so he wanted to learn about all the different types of Pokemon and how they move and work and stuff. I'm assuming this is for his plot later on, where he's going to clone Pokemon. So maybe he kidnapped her, got her to teach him all about the different types of Pokemon there are, and found which specific types of Pokemon he wants to get. Which is weird, because if he's there and he's got a breach of the entire world, like he can see the entire world from his place, and he's got like the most powerful Pokemon from across the world, somehow he's not seen any of the Pokemon from Alola or Hoenn or anywhere. Well, they don't exist yet. Yeah, but, you know, if he wanted some of the world's most powerful Pokemon, maybe the, the time and space j jumping Pokemon, or the ones who can like create new dimensions, or the god of Pokemon. Well, Nurse Joy's only aware of Pokemon within her own region anyway. Well... That makes perfect sense, so shut up. Nurse Joy isn't a psychic like Mewtwo is. So yeah, he says he's the new master of humans and Pokemon alike, and Misty just says that he's a bully, because he, he is. But well done, Misty, you had a line in this. It's very true. Cuts the Team Rocket, and they're in that weird room full of Pokemon in tubes, and Jesse sits on the, the button of plot convenience. It's another very creepy room. It's very alien. 
again. Sits on a button and then this machine activates and it takes tries to steal Meowth. When I first saw this, it really upset me because my Meowth like starts tearing up and it's like help me because it's being stolen by this machine and they're trying to save Meowth and it's like oh no, don't take Meowth, he's awesome. But it takes some of the hair and makes a clone. But it's a reference to who's that Pokemon because the screen comes up with a silhouette of Meowth and they're like who's that Pokemon? It's Meowth. Ha ha. Ha! It's the great joke. It's so good. It's fantastic. It's top notch humor. But it fires out a clone of Meowth from this weird Nautilus machine. It looks like a Nautilus with its spiral shell and tentacle tubes. Yeah, I see. It's like a spiral design. Mew appears behind Jesse and Team Rocket and everybody because Mew is clearly stalking them because it knows how good they are. Because Team Rocket quite clearly are the good guys because Ash is just garbage. So it cuts back to Mewtwo and he's saying how this storm he's made will be used to destroy all of the living things in the world humans and pokemon alike which isn't quite the same thing as ruling over everything is it no because he thinks that pokemon are slaves a pikachu says that he isn't ash's slave he's his friend and then mewtwo gets really annoyed at pikachu and launches pikachu away and ash grabs him to stop him getting hurt and uh, they both get launched into brock and the other pokemon trainer the one in red he sends out rhyhorn to attack and it runs towards mewtwo and rhyhorn's a pretty heavy pokemon so now we can see like physical attacks don't work either because hyper beam was like a special attack like an energy blast and now we've got physical strength going at him and he just runs and just holds out his hand and just stops Rhyhorn like it's nothing. And then flings him across the entire dining table. Quite gently, really. The Rhyhorn's probably completely unhurt. So that's when Ash does what Ash does best and challenges Mewtwo to a Pokemon battle. And Mewtwo's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I planned this all along. The clones activate and start to wake up and they start leaving the room. And Mew starts to follow the clones and that's when Team Rocket see the Mew. They're like, what is that? And it's really gross when they come out of the mouth of the pipes it just looks wrong <laughs> noises it's gross also if he's genetically modified these pokemon then they're not clones anymore which is something that really annoyed me throughout the whole film when they kept calling them clones but a wall opens up to reveal a giant pokemon stadium because it's part of mewtwo's plan to fight these people for some reason i mean so he decides that he's going to battle the pokemon trainers and then when he beats them he's like my my price is your pokemon i'm like okay but you could have just taken them in the first place you didn't need to do this but they needed to have pokemon battle in the in the movie otherwise it would have been a pokemon movie and mewtwo says that he's like most trainers started off with Bulbasaur, Charmander, and Squirtle. Except most trainers don't start with all three. <laughs> so he's kind of cheating there. But for their evolved forms, that's not a sentence, Mewtwo. So it's Brute Root, Shell Shocker, and Charizard. Brute Root goes first, which is Venusaur versus Venusaur. And it launches Razor Leaf and stuff. And then the clone, the enhanced Venusaur, uses its vine whips to knock all the blades out the way and then lifts Venusaur up and throws it against a wall. And then it's defeated. I'm like, well, that's it's not that powerful. So then Shellshock is next. And then they fight each other. And I can't really remember what happens because it's in the middle. Shellshocker uses Hydro Pump. And then the enhanced Blastoise basically rapid spins straight through it, through Shellshocker, and defeats him in one move. Ash is like, I guess that leaves Charizard. Then Charizard's like immediately fired up and starts to attack Mewtwo. And Mewtwo says that Charizard is poorly trained. And Charizard's super offended. Charizard just wants to fight. Charizard doesn't care about what Ash says at all. He just wants to find the strongest person and punch them. He's all about the fight. Do you know why Ash loses in the Indigo League? Because Charizard refuses to fight a Pikachu. Yeah, because it's below him. So it's because Ash fails to train as Charizard. Because he's the bad trainer. It wasn't that he gets beaten by a stronger opponent. Nope, it's because he's poorly trained. That's super disappointing. After 20-something episodes of filler. 
Lol, no, sorry, you don't have enough badges to train me! So the Charizards have a massive fight in the sky. There's a lot of flying around and colliding with each other and breathing fire. Ash offers advice, though. He says to Charizard to use speed, not power. And Charizard somehow actually listens to Ash, which is weird, but I think that's kind of cool. But the enhanced Charizard is still faster than it. But the aerial fight with them is kind of epic, especially with the moon in the background. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, it's one of the coolest moments in the whole film. Ash's Charizard gets slammed to the ground and Mewtwo wins. And that's when he says he's going to claim his prize, which is their Pokemon. Ash says he'll stop him and he goes to punch him and then he gets launched back. And then suddenly we get evil Pokeballs. He doesn't try and punch him yet. Yeah, he gets launched back into Brock. No, I don't think Ash punches him yet. Sort of got in my notes that Ash says he'll stop him and... I've got it quite a bit later on. Well, I've got Ash says he'll stop him and then launches Ash at Brock. So maybe he doesn't fight him now, but he uh, just throws him away. But yeah, we get evil Pokeballs, which actually used to be pretty terrifying when I was younger. Because they look like evil eyes. So Mewtwo's plan now is to clone all of their Pokemon for some reason. To enhance. No, not to enhance them. The ones that come out are just direct clones. There's literally no point to them. I don't get what Mewtwo's point is, because he said earlier that these Pokemon were inferior because they were slaves to humans. So why at this point does he want to clone them? Because then they'll be more like him? I don't know. But there's still clones of inferior Pokemon. And also... They then become slaves to Mewtwo, which makes them just as inferior anyway. So Mewtwo's point is stupid, because he has no point. Don't think about it. Just enjoy the movie. No, I refuse. But Ash says that he can't catch them if they're already in the Pokeballs, so the ball gets caught instead. So that's terrifying, because that's like the place that they could be safe. But no, that doesn't work either. Also, Misty and Brock were not involved in the battle at all, so why are their Pokemon being taken? That doesn't seem fair. But yeah, I... This bit really upset me when I was a little kid, just seeing people's Pokemon being stolen. And then Psyduck, Psyduck really upset me because Psyduck just is there and runs away and then gets caught. It is a distressing scene as everyone's scrambling to escape and they just can't. It's really hectic and it's upsetting. Then obviously Pikachu doesn't get caught. Pikachu gets caught eventually. Yeah, but he's got to go and run for his life up that giant spiral. There's a whole lot of Pikachu running up the spiral and just going Pikachu. And getting worn out as he runs out of PP. Ash is running after him as well at the spiral, but eventually Pikachu gets caught and the ball goes down and Ash jumps off the spiral after the Pikachu ball. He's so smart. I would laugh so much if he just didn't catch the ball and instead broke all of his limbs. (laughs) That'd be awful. He'd deserve it for being an idiot. But then like he ends up in the water where the ball ends up as well for some reason. And it goes down this little chute, which is closing off and Ash slides down after that. Saying you're not going to get Pikachu instead of, you know, you're not going to get my Pokemon. It's the specific one. It's just Pikachu. Because if the other Pokemon heard him, they'd be like, Ash, why are you like this? We're your friends as well. But no, it's just Pikachu's the main one. Doesn't care about anyone else's Pokemon either. What are Misty Brock and two nameless trainers doing at this point while he's down there? Stood around. Do they just freeze? And freeze! Ash isn't here. We can stop pretending. <laughs> they just go and smoke a cigarette and be like, oh, thank God he's gone with, he's done with. I can honestly imagine all of Pokemon being whenever Ash isn't involved somewhere, everyone else just takes a break <laughs> and stops acting. So Team Rocket see Ash appear out of the chute. Well, now they see all these Pokemon going along the conveyor belt and they see all the little silhouettes. And they see one that's Scyther, and they say it's Alakazam. They messed that up. There's a lot of mistakes in this movie. You'd think they know Pokemon, considering this is Pokemon the first movie. But yeah, that's when Ash turns up, and he's like running after the Pikachu ball. And just dives straight at the machine to grab it. But luckily the cloning machine has grabby hands to stop him. And somehow all the grabby hands not grabbing Ash and pulling him away, he somehow breaks the machine. Pikachu still gets cloned, though. Yeah, but he also manages to save Pikachu. When Pikachu comes out the ball, it's so cute. Oh! 
And while Pikachu's on the screen as well, Team Rocket say, Who's that Pokemon? It's Pikachu! Yeah, they did the same joke twice. Also, there's a point earlier on that I completely forgot to mention. When Team Rocket are down there and they've activated the machine, the whole screen turns on and basically tells them about what the island is and what the facility does. Oh yeah, they had the recording of uh, we created the world's strongest Pokemon and we succeeded. But like the entire place got destroyed, so how did that recording get there? Yeah, and... Why has Mewtwo created a tutorial? Why? Why has Mewtwo built this whole island? I don't know. What is his plan? Does he even know? He could have just taken the Pokemon from them before they go to the island. Why does he have to trick them? His plan doesn't make a lot of sense. His motives don't make any sense either. Or at least his plan for revenge doesn't. So these clones start flying out of the machine to go and join Mewtwo. That's when the machine breaks and... The Pokeballs start flying out with all the Pokemon in it. And then Team Rocket say the Poke Originals. Bad. It is bad. And I also wonder what happened to Charizard because he doesn't turn up at all at this point. Ash doesn't seem to care though. He got back Squirtle and Bulbasaur and Pikachu. No Pidgeotto though. You see the ball that captured the Pokeball open to open that Pokeball. Which is just quite funny. Just a chain of Pokeballs opening. But then it cuts to Mewtwo saying that he's going to spare everybody's lives for the moment for serving their purpose. Their purpose was what? Bringing him Pokemon. Okay, but you could have just got them yourself, Mewtwo. Setting up this invitation system and getting everybody to go along and then with the storm. I'm pretty sure he could have just gone out and got them. Or even just got, like, brainwashed another Nurse Joy to go to the Pokemon Center and steal loads of Pokemon. Just hire Team Rocket to do it for him. No, no. Is it really more efficient to repair an entire island than it is to just go and take everyone's Pokemon? He's not the best at plans. No, he isn't. It's why he says he's going to destroy the entire world and everything, and then Ash tries to be all badass, being all like, you can't do this, I won't let you. And it's like, oh, okay. This is when Ash tries to punch him in the middle of the stadium. He tries to be all badass, and he's walking out of this hole in the floor with smoke coming out of it, and he's coming out through the smoke with all the Pokemon. Which Team Rocket comes through as well, I guess, without any fanfare. Yeah, I suppose. But yeah, this is when Ash runs at Mewtwo and tries to punch him and gets blasted back into the air and Mew saves him with a little pink bubble and then tries to play with Ash to show Ash that he's supposed to bounce on these bubbles. Oh, another question. Why did Mewtwo create so many seats for this stadium when no one is going to be there to watch? Um, I don't know. There's so many flaws in this place. So much is just wrong with Mewtwo's entire plan and doesn't make any sense. So then Mewtwo attacks Mew and Mew finds it hilarious for some reason. Because Mew's just having a fun time. Someone's like, what's that Pokemon supposed to be? And then I think Mewtwo says Mew, and Mew just turns and looks and, like, meows at him. <laughs> it's Mew, and he's like, Mew? 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 Who said my name? And then one of my favourite bits, this is where Mewtwo's being all edgy and having a grand speech about how he's a clone of this Pokemon, how he's superior in every way. And Mew's just there, not bothered, looking around, being cute, being like, oh, what's going on over here? I don't know what's happening. He starts, like, chasing his own tail. So the Mewtwo gets really annoyed at that and launches an attack at Mew. Also, you can't be a superior clone if you're an exact copy, really. So Mewtwo's not even a clone, he's actually different. It just bugs me how throughout this whole film they don't seem to get what clone means, but they use it all the time. So what would you call something that's a clone but it's been enhanced? It's just an enhanced version. An enhanced clone? No, because then it's not a clone anymore. What would you call it then? It is an edited copy. I don't know. You don't think it's called a clone if they're like that. So what, what would it be? It'd be like Mew Mark 2. It'd be Charizard 2 and Venusaur 2 and Bulbasaur 2. Okay, but what would they be called though? Like what's what they're... What are they? What well, they're not clones anymore, but I don't know what the word is. 
If they've been modified. Well, what are they? You need to find out what they're called. If they're not called clones, then what are they? They are genetically enhanced versions. That's acceptable. I'll, have, I'll accept that one. A genetically enhanced copies? Maybe. But they're not copies anymore if they've been modified. Well, they are. They're copies of them that have been in, enhanced. But they're not clones because they're not. Because a clone is like a one-to-one, but a genetically enhanced copy is it's it's taken that and made it again, but they've enhanced it even further. Yeah, they've taken the copy and they've changed it. But if it's a changed clone, then it's not a clone anymore because clone is identical. Whatever wording makes you feel better about it, Stevie. It's just wrong about calling them clones, okay? So Mewtwo's trying to be all serious and have a big speech and Mew isn't listening. So Mewtwo fires off an attack and it hits Mew and Mew flies off. But then Mew fires one back at him because he's clearly hit a nerve there. And Mew's talking. So Meowth's translating Mew saying that showing off power isn't real strength and real strength comes from the heart. And then Mewtwo's just like, I don't need to show my power to show you my power. Something along those lines that makes no sense. And then he's like, I will block all the Pokemon's special abilities with psychic so they have to physically fight. Because why? Because it would have cost too much to animate them fighting with actual attacks. I guess. It'll be easier just to do one image of a Pokemon, then flip it and have those two fighting, which I'm pretty sure is what they do for a lot of them. All the smaller shots, it's just the same image reversed. So Mewtwo blocks all the Pokemon special abilities with Psychic, they have to physically fight, and this is when Brother My Brother starts to play, because they have to have feelings. It's the worst choice of music they could possibly have for this otherwise quite dramatic scene. Why? It's the song about being brothers and, and stuff. It's the song about love and siblings meanwhile it just shows identical pokemon tearing at each other's throats and trying to bite the heads off yeah it's a lot of sad moment it's not appropriate music for the murder for the violence for the brutal fighting going on between these two pokemon as they try to kill each other yeah one of my notes says if you didn't have the music it would be kind of brutal it'd be very brutal it's incredibly violent and aggressive it's a lot of Biting at necks and pinning things to the floor. They're trying to kill each other, Sam. Apart from the Psyduck slap fight. Oh, there's a Pikachu slap fight as well. Yeah, Evil Chew, as I've written. He's not Evil Chew. He's just genetically enhanced copy Chew. Except he's not. He's actually just a clone. Yeah, but if you look at the ears, the ears have got like a pointier pattern to it because they're evil. he's evil. Which means he's actually not a clone anymore. So Pikachu gets launched with the air, Charizard gets its neck bitten, and then all of them are weakening and collapsing, and I think it's Nurse Joy who says Pokemon aren't meant to fight, not like this, which is weird, but kind of makes sense. Like, they don't really fight to the death. Like, if you look at a Pokemon battle, it's a lot friendlier and more of just a test of skill. They're still getting knocked unconscious, which is pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, Pokemon fights are kind of almost like legalized dog fighting the music does change from brother my brother to some more fitting sad string music as they start collapsing all around the stadium from exhaustion james who says i was prepared for trouble but not like this and then we have the meowth clone meowth and meowth both bring out the claws and then just decide to not fight they just question life. Which is weird, because if this Meowth was a clone of Meowth, it would be able to talk as well. Well, no, because the Meowth learnt to talk. It wasn't born with the skill of being able to talk. Yeah, but it would still have the same skills. It'd have the ability, but would it have the memories? Yes, because it's a clone. That's true. If the brain is the exact same, it would have the same knowledge, I guess. Would it, though? Yes. 
Like, is it an exact copy paste or is it a they've grown this thing from scratch to be the same level? I'm assuming it's a copy paste. I don't know. Cloning works in real life by like injecting the DNA into an embryo, I believe. So it could just be accelerated growth. But that's not a clone though, because that thing will be born, but it won't look exactly the same. Might be it's slightly fatter. Maybe it's got an ear missing or something. We don't know, but it's not a clone. Because it has to be an exactly 100% carbon copy of the thing for it to be a clone. Otherwise, it's not a clone. I'm just confused now. <laughs> I'm trying to think about whether this Meowth would actually know how to talk or not. Well, clearly it doesn't because it doesn't, so... That's the answer. Even though I personally think it should be able to. It hasn't had the experiences though. It's just been, I think it's just accelerated growth using the same genetic code. Well, either way, it's philosophical, like Meowth is. It says that they need to focus on what's the same, not what's different. And then they realise that they are the same. And then the saddest part of this movie (laughs) starts to happen. The two Pikachus fighting and then like... Pikachu's refusing to fight and then the evil Pikachu's slapping original Pikachu and like as it's slapping it's starting to cry and that really hurts. <laughs> I don't care about Ash but Pikachu being like I don't want to fight you and this other Pikachu like being like no we have to fight and then crying. Oh that wrecked me. It's just wrong. It doesn't isn't this like the saddest part of the movie? Pokemon aren't meant to fight Sam. No but not like I don't care like spoilers for the next like 20 minutes like when it happens but I don't care about Ash getting turned to stone. I don't care. That's not bothering me. What bothers me is Pikachu was crying and it's refusing to fight and the other one knows it has to fight because it didn't get a choice and it's still doing it anyway and then they both have a breakdown. It's really upsetting. They just keep slapping each other. Until they start crying and then they're like hugging each other. He's still trying to fight even as he's falling on top of him. I know. (laughs) This poor clone, whatever it is, Pikachu. Here's the thing that I don't get. Because if they're clones of each other, they're going to be matched power-wise, one-on-one. I know, that's why it's really dumb that Mewtwo decided to make them fight. So basically, no one will beat the other one, because they are exactly the same. They will cancel each other out. But So why is he making them fight? There's no reason for this. Yeah, Mewtwo is just really, really stupid. I will show you my power by making them fight in a way in which they can never possibly win or lose. <laughs> then Mew and Mewtwo are also fighting, and they are in the middle of the stadium attacking. Ash is looking around and seeing all the hurt Pokemon lying around. He spent like the last 10 minutes climbing back down oh yeah because he gets launched to like the side of a building he manages to get down and he sees Mewtwo and Mew launching an attack and he runs into the middle of them and shouts stop and gets hit by them and then he's gone he just gets disintegrated (laughs) no he doesn't he turns blue falls to the floor and then turns to what appears to be stone do you know what he turns into what he turns ash gray he turns into ash and this is supposed to be a really sad moment because ash maybe died but even as a little kid this didn't really bother me that ash got turned to stone he deserved it He's an idiot. The bite that bothers me is like Pikachu runs over to him and he says like Pikapi, which is Ash. And he's looking at him and he's crying. And the fact that Pikachu's crying upsets me. And then Pikachu tries to electrocute him to bring him back, which is really upsetting. And it's when he keeps doing it, which really upsets me. And the more desperate it sounds, that upsets me. I don't care that Ash has turned to stone. I'm upset by the fact that Pikachu doesn't understand and wants to try and find a way of bringing Ash back. That's when I start crying. Whoever did Pikachu's voice for that bit got it so right. Like, every time he does the Thundershock, it gets more, like, exasperated and tired and desperate. What's sad about the scene isn't that Ash is dead, because I honestly don't care. What's sad is that everyone else is sad about Ash dying. It's sad that Pikachu is trying so hard to bring his friend back and it's not working. That's the sad bit. The only caveat to this is Mewtwo blocked all the Pokemon special attacks with psychic powers, so how is Pikachu doing this? Because Mewtwo got distracted. Maybe. Plus, Mewtwo clearly didn't do a very good job since Mew just responded with an attack. I don't think he can do it to Mew. I think he could do it to the uh, other Pokemon. Why can he do it? How do you do that? Because plot. 
Sad Pokemon make me sad. Dead Ash doesn't. No, I, I was fully like in tears. And I used to think it was that the fact that Ash gets turned to stone and nearly dies. But no, it's rewatching it, like rewatching it again yesterday. Like it's not the fact that Ash gets turned to stone. It's the fact that the Pokemon cry, specifically Pikachu, because he's such like, as a character, he's never really been bad. He's always been like happy and cheery and he is really cute and he likes spending time with, especially he loves Misty, spending time with Misty and Togepi. Not Ash. But to have him like have his heart broken by Ash being dead and like the, the exasperation of just trying again, try again, try again, try again. It's not working. Really hurts. So do you know what happens? They all start crying. Because this trainer they don't know, apart from like a small portion of them, has just died. Just like, oh no, we killed the protagonist. What do we do? The show's going to get cancelled. No. So through the power of magical Pokemon tears. Through the power of tears, which somehow fly towards Ash. Pikachu's tears are the last tears that get sent to Ash to fix him. So you're telling me all the other Pokemon cried before Pikachu cried? No, it's just Pikachu's tears take longer to become magical because he's tired. So, yeah, Ash gets revived and he looks up and smiles at Pikachu and hugs Pikachu. And everybody's happy because the child didn't die. Yeah, he wasn't punished for his actions. His stupid, stupid, stupid actions. It was just selflessness. He didn't have another way to stop them fighting. Surely he could have thought of something better than I'm going to get myself killed. It's Ash. I don't think so. He's an idiot. He shouldn't be rewarded for putting himself in harm's way all the time. He didn't get rewarded. He got killed. It was completely temporary. There were no side effects. He didn't know it at the time. I mean, maybe he's got permanent brain damage. We don't know this. We already know that he has permanent brain damage. That was before he got turned to stone. Maybe this is why he doesn't age, because he died already. Maybe these superior genetically enhanced copies, tears, give you enhanced lifespan. Maybe what happened is, like... He got completely destroyed and turned to this, just to a pile of carbon. But the Tears took the DNA and copied Ash and like created a copy of Ash and using the materials that were there. So that's not actually Ash. That's just a copy of him. The real Ash is dead. He's still there made of stone. No, no, no. It used the stone as the material to, to make Ash again. By the way, time does actually pass in the show. <laughs> Absolutely. Because they even said it's been a year in one of the episodes I've watched. So Ash and no one else ages in the show. Ever. So... Mewtwo, because the child nearly died, is all now like, oh, I was going to kill the entire world, but this one child died. Do you know what this means? What? Mewtwo has learned to not be racist because Ash got himself killed. My notes literally says Mewtwo learned to not be racist. That exact phrase. I've got the circumstances of one's birth is irrelevant. It's what you do with the life that makes you who you are. And then underneath that it says Mewtwo learned to not be racist. So high five for thinking the same thought as me. But yeah, Mewtwo learns to not be racist against humans. This one died because Pokemon were getting hurt. I guess maybe not all humans are bad then. So now Mew and Mewtwo take all the clones away and decide to wipe everybody's memories because plot. I love this bit because Mewtwo's just like, I'm going to take away all of my superior clones so we can just be happy. And Mew just gets taken along for the ride. <laughs> He's just claimed Mew as his own. But Mew's like, I'm also here. He's just like, I own Mew now. If you look at the movie from Mew's perspective, it's literally like Mew's like, I'm asleep. I feel something powerful in this world. Goes and looks at it, gets hit in the face a couple of times. A child dies and he's like, I'm going now. I don't know what this was, but I want no part of it. And then he wipes everyone's memory because we can't have all the main characters remembering that fighting is bad in a show that is mainly focused around fighting. In one of the episodes of the last couple of the Indigo League, where after this has all happened, Ash is at home and goes, Pikachu, do you remember that time I died? <laughs> And they get sent back to the dock area. 
somehow magical psychic powers woo i don't know whether it's gone back in time or not but like the storm's still happening time travel isn't a thing that Mewtwo has. Like all the other Pokemon trainers who died as well in the storm have been brought back. Magical. Team Rocket get left on New Island though, which has now been reset back to just a green island. Yeah, all the boats have been stopped, but now Nurse Joy is back, so she offers everyone a place to stay at the Pokemon Center. Yay! And then she says that and everybody joins her, but like straight after that the storm ends. That didn't really make any sense. And Ash and Co are just questioning how they ended up there. But the gang are outside and they look at the sky and Ashley's Mew. The day I left Pallet Town, I saw a really rare Pokemon that I've never seen before. And I just saw another one now. And I'm like, that's kind of nice that like, it's a little reference to the, the first episode where he goes off and he sees Ho-Oh. Yeah, I like that. As opposed to what they're doing with the 20th anniversary, which is, let's retcon that and now make it all about these things. <laughs> so, Storm ends, they see Mew. It's really cool. Team Rocket are on New Island, but it's like a foresty island thing and they love it. They're stuck there. They don't have any water Pokemon to escape on. No, they're just going to die there, I suppose. That's a shame. No one knows that they're there. They've all been memory wiped. And then we get the ending credits and it's the gang walking across like bits of scenery, like a beach and a grass and a forest, etc. And my note says this music has nothing on the Digimon movie soundtrack. This film has no good tracks in it. No, mostly instrumental music is good, but anything with lyrics is bad. Yeah, but it's not Smash Mouth, is it? And then we get the ending credit clip of Mew going back into the mountains. I probably stopped watching at this point because I was just excited to stop watching. I was just watching the credits in case anything interesting happened. And yeah, that's the Pokemon movie. Do you want to see what my last two notes were on it? Yes. My last two notes were, why was the French person there? And where do the sleeping bags go? Which are two of the least consequential questions I could have possibly asked. So where do the sleeping bags go? In what sense? What do you mean sleeping bags? They have sleeping bags and they just disappear whenever they travel and then reappear. I assume they roll up really tight into Brock's bag. We just have to assume that Brock's bag is genuinely magical. I mean, he fits an umbrella and a table and a pot and everything in there. He's Mary Poppins. Yes, he is. Cool. So, yeah, any more notes on the Pokemon movie before I ask you a series of questions? Nothing that important that I don't think will come up in the questions anyway. Two kind of quick ones. What was your favourite scene? Favourite scene is definitely when they were on the boat with Team Rocket. That is it, because it's really funny. And it's Team Rocket. Probably the bit with Dragonite. I kind of like Dragonite. It's real cute. So the bit where the intro song ends and they get the message. Yes. Favourite Mon? Mew. Yeah. Or a close second would be Pikachu. Obviously. But Mew is so cute and it's one of my favourite legendaries, if not my favourite. Mew is one of the only things that can only really be in this movie and makes the movie justified existing. But even the design, like it's such a simple design, it's just a cat, basically. It's a flying cat. It's like a pale pink cat with nothing too complex about it, but somehow it's the cutest. It's adorable. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so I've got five questions for you, so we can talk about these. Question the first, what do you think of the plot of this movie? I've tried to sum up the plot in like one sentence. I said, Mewtwo wants to rule everything for reasons and tries to achieve this through weird means and fails because Ash gets himself killed, which is really, really stupid. Throughout the whole film, I don't understand Mewtwo at all and his motives are really, really dumb. He wants revenge, but he's already killed everyone that ever hurt him, so it's just pointless. And I don't get what point he's trying to make. He does seem to have a very skewed idea. Like, he wants to destroy the world, so he's going to do it with a storm, and then he's also going to get Pokemon trainers to come to the island so he can fight them and then defeat their Pokemon and then clone them. He could have just... He could have had the Dragonite go and attack the trainers and steal Pokemon. Where did he get the Dragonite? No idea. You only see it in that scene, and then never again. There's so many points that he's trying to make. Like, Pokemon shouldn't be slaves 
and then he makes his own Pokemon slaves. Or humans just abuse Pokemon, and then he himself abuses Pokemon. Or he's the most powerful Pokemon in the world, and he's going to rule everything, but he's going to do it by destroying everything, which makes no sense. I don't understand Mewtwo at all, and I don't think Mewtwo understands anything at all. So would you say that this plot was a good plot for a movie? No. The plot tries to tell us that fighting is wrong, but fighting is a necessary part of Pokemon, so they have to make the entire film count for absolutely nothing in the long run and be completely and utterly pointless if they're going to try and teach that lesson. Thoughts on the concept of cloning Pokemon? I don't get what the point of it was. I used to think, because in the original like Red and Blue, you had a way of cloning Pokemon when you traded them by turning a game off and back on. So essentially you cloned the Pokemon, but it cost that Pokemon that you were trading over. And I assume that this is in some way like almost like they were referencing the concept of cloning in the Pokemon universe. No. That's what 10-year-old me thought. No. Just no. <laughs> yeah, I know it's dumb, but I thought it was quite clever. Except it's no. Okay, then what are they? Are they clones? Mr. They're not clones, they're something else, but I don't know the term for it. It just bugged me. If he's changed them, then they are not clones anymore. For some reason, that just bugged me throughout the entire film. Okay, whatever makes you happy. Okay, so yeah, the thought your, your thoughts on the cloning plot. It's dumb. Mewtwo complains about pokemon being slaves to humans being tainted and inferior so he then takes those pokemon and clones them to be his own slaves so they are still tainted and inferior making the cloning process entirely pointless and redundant and i don't know why mewtwo does anything in this entire film yeah i thought the idea of cloning was a bit weird what would you have preferred for a first pokemon movie plot something that makes sense what i thought would be pretty good is they essentially have to fight team rocket but it's like big bad team rocket not our dork team rocket they're taken over somewhere and they have to work together to fight them even using mewtwo in that but like i do agree that mewtwo's idea just doesn't seem to make sense because his idea doesn't really work it kind of falls apart like he doesn't sound like a competent evil villain if his idea is this oh we can just do this and this which takes extra time is really convoluted but we can just do this you're supposed to be like the most powerful pokemon but it doesn't seem like you're the smartest pokemon no there's so many why questions you can ask about mewtwo and none of them have any clear answers it's really annoying. Okay, well, my third question is uh, Mewtwo as a villain and Mew as whatever it is. Mewtwo is a really bad villain with no clear driver objective. And Mew is just there, but it's really cute and really fun. I find Mewtwo a bit ridiculous because he just doesn't seem competent. But Mew, I really like the idea of Mew basically just being there, wandering around. and He's there just to enjoy himself and be curious, basically. Looking at all the interesting things going on, and then he just ends up in a fight because of this angsty teenager he's fighting. How did they clone Mew, well not clone, change Mew in the first place? Where did they get his DNA from? They get like, I think it's supposed to be like a rib or something. How do they get Mew's rib? Doesn't Mew have his own ribs? Mew's really old, it's like one of the oldest Pokemon in history, so I'm assuming there was more than one at one point. They just have like a picture of Mew on the wall in the lab. Okay, what about Ash's sacrifice and eventual resurrection with tears? I wouldn't mind if he stayed turned to stone. They'd get over it eventually, and the series would benefit from it in the long run. I don't think that would have worked for future seasons. Why not? Focus on Gary Oak instead. I like Gary Oak more than I like Ash Ketchum. And Gary is supposed to be obnoxious and annoying, which shows just how bad Ash really is. There's supposed to be three other trainers there full of Pokemon. They don't really do anything apart from just be there to fill up the numbers. There's only one real Pokemon battle in the whole movie. The rest of them are covered up with bad music or aren't proper battles. There's only the starter and the modified starter fights that are even close to being actual Pokemon battles, which is really disappointing because the rest is just guff. 
I thought the the whole bringing him back with tears was weird as well. It doesn't explain itself. It's stupid. Power of tears will revive him. Why? We can only assume that somehow these copies have the power to resurrect human beings with their tears. Either that or all Pokemon have the power to resurrect humans with tears. In which case, why aren't we farming that for medicine? Why aren't we farming that? We should be aiming to make every Pokemon cry so that we can bring people back to life. Okay, what about memory loss as a plot point? It renders the entire film pointless. I feel a bit like it would have been good, like it would have been a good moment for Ash to develop a bit more and learn. But instead it's just like, and then it never happened. It's a get out of jail free card after they've taught us all the lesson that fighting is wrong. They're just like, let's retcon that because we need them to keep fighting and making the Pokemon try and knock each other unconscious. But only occasionally, like maybe once an episode. If we do it too much, then who knows, maybe the episodes might actually be entertaining. So yeah, the entire film doesn't matter at all, and it's dumb. Do you think it feels like a giant episode, or does it feel movie-ish? It is basically a really long episode of Pokemon, where it starts off with Ash and Co just hanging around, and then the plot finds them, and then they do the plot, and then they carry on, and nothing really changes. I mean, it is a little darker, but that's only because they have, like, people dying. But once you take that out, it still seems like an episode of Pokemon. It's a more violent and aggressive episode of Pokemon than usual, but that's it. You could still see this being like a two-parter. It could be a one-parter. They could compress it down enough. Probably, yeah. Cool. Anything else you want to say about it before we do a final score? Everyone's nostalgia is wrong. Just go and watch it again and you'll realise how wrong Child you was. I can't argue that because watching it now as as a 26-year-old, I, I can see where I would have really enjoyed it, but then having a second thought to it and going okay that wouldn't work and that wouldn't make sense renders it pretty pointless the entire film is just a waste of time much like pikachu's vacation was so now you have to rate this movie out of 10 because we're going to be rating every single movie out of 10 and then we're going to rank them it's starting off strong with a four out of 10 it has a couple good moments but it also had many many horrible ones which i didn't enjoy and it also killed the theme song I'm going to say six because five is like bare minimum and then four is where you start to like have problems with it and you can't enjoy it. I still feel like if you watched it, you can still get some level of enjoyment out of it. I don't think so. You can. You can watch it. I mean, if you watch it, you, you can enjoy it. I mean, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching it in a so bad it's good way, which means it's bad. Okay. I'm still going to say six. I'm just going to say six. We need to give it a six. You can give it a six. No, we need to come up with a score, like with a combined score. We don't need a combined score. Yeah. No. Yeah, we do. Fine, just average it. It's five out of ten. So yeah, okay. If we have two scores, are you okay recording two sets of scores for the movies? Yeah, I'm fine with that. Okay, cool. Because then we can come up with, once we've watched like five or six movies, we can have a, a list of where we see them all. Because I feel like if we had one score, we'll argue about it every single time. But if we have a score each, because I know there's movies that you're going to enjoy that I'm going to absolutely hate. Or there's movies that I'm going to hate and you're going to love. So if we have two scores and then we can just average it every time. So yours is a four, mine's a six for Pokemon the first movie. I honestly think I'm being generous with a four. Really? Yeah. Yeah, but anything less than that's basically unwatchable. No, zero is like unwatchable. Five is the film is average. So below that it's just bad, really bad, very, very bad, incredibly bad unwatchable at zero no zero is you cannot give it a score because you didn't like the movie didn't exist no zero is it's entirely awful there is no redeeming qualities about the film at all no that's one no because zero is where the scale starts yeah this starts at zero which is there is no movie there is no movie is not applicable out of 10 yeah but you can't give a movie a zero out of 10 you can because that means there isn't a movie to watch 
No, that means that there isn't anything enjoyable in the movie to watch. No, that's a that's a one. Zero is nothing. No, zero is nothing good. Not nothing at all. You're not rating how much content there is in the film. You're rating how much there is to like about the film. So zero is there is nothing to like about the film that you have watched. No, zero is unwatchable. Zero is the movie is that bad that you didn't watch it. But you have to have watched it to give it a zero. Should we just discuss this when we have a film that we actually want to give zero? Yes. I'm just saying, ten is it was the best and you wouldn't change anything about it. Yeah, zero is it is the worst and everything about it is wrong and needs to be changed. Uh, We'll debate it even more if we need to get to the point. And I do feel like we're going to get to some low scores. Probably. I just think if you start off at like a really low score and because i know the pokemon movies get quite bad you're going to end up giving things like a one and then it's going to get lower and lower and lower and you can't go lower well that's fine whatever score you want to give it you enjoy your little angry scores pokemon the first movie gets a four out of ten from me and if you have to to give it a one word comment redundant i mean like a one sentence comment sorry not like a one word my one sentence summary is it is completely and utterly pointless and it's not really worth watching. Good for nostalgia, but with a flimsy plot. Anything else you want to say before we finish this? Watch it with a friend, because then you can at least talk to them and ignore the film every once in a while. To be fair, the first time I watched it for this was with you over Skype. I enjoyed that more than watching it by myself. Yeah, if you're watching it by yourself, you'll just get really bored and it will be painful. But if you have someone to complain about the film too while you're watching, then it's much better. Join us again next time where we'll be watching Pokemon Mewtwo Returns. It's some special episode thing that we figured we should talk about. I think it's a strict TV movie, you know. You can find us via our Facebook, Tumblr, with the world thread, email and Twitter, which are all linked in the show notes. And you can listen on SoundCloud, iTunes and Stitcher. And you can also support me on Patreon if you'd like to do that, where you can get week early episodes of the Games I've Played podcast. You cannot support me anywhere because you won't find me because... Sam only exists in this podcast. I don't do the internet that much. You can find Sam in the Lost in Translation 1 Slack channel. Bye, everyone. Bye. Hope you all enjoyed this movie because Stevie didn't... I never have to watch it again, though. You never have to watch it again. Yay. There is a happy ending. The fist. Does it say it on yours? Yep. (laughs) Pokemon the fist movie. Which is ironic because Mewtwo doesn't even have fists. He's got weird little ball nubs. Psychic ball nubs. Psychic ball nubs. To be fair, when would they need to ever grab anything? He can move things with his mind, so. Mm. Why are we talking about this? It's all going to be cut anyway. I don't know. Okay. um... (laughs) We're getting in the mood. Raichu and Maril just got married. Maril. 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 I don't know how it's pronounced. Maril. 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 That sounded nice. Oh my god, I've got so many more notes for this thing. How? It's 20 like minutes. halfway through my notes. It's 20 minutes of just bits. It is. And Maril just wins a race. Meryl Streep. We don't even say. see... <laughs> yes, Meryl Streep wins a race. <laughs> I don't care how it's pronounced. It's it's Maril 
wins a race and we don't even get to see well, them to be celebrating because uh, it just focuses on Squirtle being depressed. They call it Meryl, but Meryl's uh, Meryl says Meryl. 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 Uh, it's kind yeah, of. I don't a, think it speaks kind of... like Snubble. <laughs> Meryl. Meryl. It's uh, It's not as interesting Meryl. though because it's basically just a blue circle. It is. It's just. It's a beach ball. <laughs> Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There we go. You'll be happy to hear that I've run out of biscuits, so I won't be eating them while we record. That's fine. (laughs) I wouldn't stop you anyway. This is going to be a journey and a half. (laughs) So I've just got my notes up. Now we're about Mm -hmm. to talk about Pokemon the movie. Yay. That's not the actual intro. I'm just warming up. That's not. You need to introduce the movie, though, because Mm -hmm. I've got the plot. Now we're watching an hour and a half long episode of Pokemon called Pokemon the First Movie Mewtwo Strikes Back. Or but just not, Pokemon like, the First Movie. But not Pokemon the First Movie, well Pokemon the Movie, which is the Japanese title for one of the episodes. So I don't think people would make that mistake. No, do you want to do that again? Because I just butted in and just destroyed that. That was a really good intro <laughs> and I just ruined it, I'm sorry. I can cut there, it's fine. Can, you, you can't. I can. <clears throat> I shall not be silenced. <laughs> No, it's time to talk about Pokemon the movie. No, it's not. <laughs> it's almost time. Almost. Okay. 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 Wait, Dad, I'm going to change my chair because I'm on a... If, in case you can't hear it, I'm on like a piece of annoying thing. Give me 20 seconds. Oh my god. My chair has stopped squeaking. When did this happen? <laughs> 20. That's better. Sam, my chair stopped squeaking whenever I do every slightest movement. Pardon? My chair was squeaking whenever I used to move on it, and now it's not squeaking somehow. That's good. It's magical. My chair's fixed <laughs> yeah, itself. This... Our chair's got older because it's had so many hours of people sat on it that it's squeaky now, so. Oh well. Maybe the and squeak from my chair has transferred tables. to yours. Maybe. Oh god, have you seen the hyper-realistic Mewtwo? Oh god. Where's that? Just type in Mewtwo in images and scroll down and you'll find like someone's done an artist's rendition of like a realistic Mewtwo and uh, oh god. It's got Ditto around it and it's got a Mew which looks like a fetus and I don't know how to feel about this. Ooh. Why has it got like weird veins? Because it's... I don't know but the Mew doesn't look cute <laughs> anymore. <laughs> the Mew looks horrible. And the Ditto are all around it. Oh. Wow, that makes the film so much creepier. Yeah. Just having that in your head the whole time you watch it. I don't want to, actually. No, thank you. Mewtwo no. is pretty cool in Smash Brothers, though. Yeah, yeah, it is. Oh, we should call this Attack of the Clones. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Attack of the Genetically Enhanced Copies. <laughs> Perfect. I just need to make a note of that somewhere. Attack of the genetically enhanced copies, brackets, not clones. <laughs> it's going to be the longest title for an episode, but I don't care. There we go. Attack of the Five. genetically enhanced copies, brackets, not clones. <laughs> Why not just Attack so, of the not clones? <laughs> and Meowth Trans... I've got... It's supposed to say Meowth Translates, but it's me, so it says Meowth Translates. <laughs> T-R-A-N-S-L-A-R-T-E-S. Translates. Okay. It's not even supposed to be an R in there. So is that when a latte has gender identity issues? Maybe. Maybe it thinks it's a cappuccino. <laughs> I've just had a knock on my door. Give me a second. No. 
It's been one week since you looked at me. Tucked you to the side and said I'm angry. Five days since you tackled me. Still got the weapons on both my knees. Three days since you didn't realize it's all my fault. I couldn't tell you yesterday. So forgive me, but I still need the test. I might say I'm sorry. <laughs> Back. Why are you? What? What are you doing? <laughs> Sam. Sam. Yes. Why? For what? What? Why were you playing Sandman? That wasn't. It was. I'm not deaf. That was Mr. Sandman. Man me a sand. Make it the cutest man door. Man car door hand. Okay. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. My housemate just lost his phone and needed me to call it, so. Wow. But I'm back. <laughs> cool. There is just a bunch of youths walking through our garden. Five youths all smoking and vaping. Where are they going? Away, hopefully. Yeah. There's one of them who's got, like, she's got blonde hair all the way down, apart from the last, like, four inches of her hair, which is dark purple. Not in a good way. In, like, there's just a line where it gets dark purple. Yeah. Sorry. Not to judge people on their... Hair choices, but they're youths and they deserve it.